0: episode 502 of the playstation nation podcast the best playstation podcast in the world that's right folks it's officially official with you once again i'm glenn along with josh uh hi hi josh uh a few things to talk about this week not no no you know no reviews or nothing else but we got some stuff to talk about uh, we got a few, eh, a couple new releases, uh, a couple news items, what we're playing and watching, what's going on around PS Nation. Uh, I'll I'll give you the update right now. Uh, I'm waiting on one more team member for uh, the Extra Life raffle. Uh, unfortunately, I got PSX coming up, so I'm not really going to be able to do the raffle this weekend. So I'm going to try to get that done next week. But I've got most of the list done. I'm waiting on one team member. I'm going to email them them again tomorrow morning and see if I can get that info uh, for donors. So. No Extra Life Raffle yet, so uh, folks, sorry about that. Uh, what's going on at PSX? And we'll get the hell out of here. Maybe a couple of emails if we can find some. But first, the housekeeping. So a lot of different ways you can find us on the internet. Uh, obviously, the easiest way is to go to psnation.com. You can check out all the uh, reviews that are going up, all the articles, all the news. Uh, go over to the forums. And uh, you know if you want to find us... It's very easy to do. Just go to the contact us section, which is right on the front page. Just scroll down a little bit, and you'll see uh, like our PSN IDs. Uh, you'll see our Skype ID. If you want to, you know, send us a voicemail, you can call us on Skype at wdt-torgo. Uh, if you want to shoot us an email, you can either hit that contact us button or shoot an email to podcast@psnation.com. You can find our Twitter handles. Which, uh, if you want to follow Josh, it's at pjfjosh, and you can see really cool pictures of Windows updating for an hour at a time. Uh, you can follow me at Torgo PSN, or you can follow the main account, which is at PSNation, which has just been inundated with bots the last couple of weeks. Like, random bots following our account has been nonstop. So,
1: well, they know we're cool.
0: Well, we're popular with the bots, apparently. Yeah. Got to be popular at something. Uh, don't forget our awesome podcast network over at VGEVO.com. And uh, like I said before, hit the forums up on psnation.com. got a lot of great conversations going on over there. You can just go to psnation.com slash forums or hit the forums button on the main page. Uh, you can also find us on the Facebooks. Go to facebook.com slash psnation page or do a search for PlayStation Nation. You can find us in all the, the cool streaming services out there. If you like to use Stitcher or TuneIn Radio or Google Play Music or iTunes, etc., cetera, etc., cetera just do a search for us there and you can subscribe to us on your favorite streaming service. And last but not least, you know, we don't have two different Patreons or however many, all these other cool people have. All we ask is that you use our affiliate links. Um, We've got a bunch of different ones up there for like Best Buy, Rift Track. I use the Rift Tracks one quite a bit this last weekend. Uh, We've got Amazon. We've got um, uh, Barnes and Noble. We've got the Microsoft store. Hey, you know, we're equal opportunity. They had some cool Black Friday sales. Uh, all you have to do is just click on our link to go to that website. Anything you buy when you do that, we get a little piece of the action for referring you over to that site, and it helps us pay the bills. It helps us keep the lights on. It helps us pay for our Photoshop uh, subscription so that Josh can make those awesome banners all the time.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah. So, but that's it for me. That's all I got.
1: All right. Well, new releases. We have... What is a, this one? It was at uh, E3. Was it? Yeah. I believe it was. I don't remember um, this one. This is called Werewolves Within. It is a VR game. And it is from... Isn't it Ubisoft? Did I read that right? Where did I see that? Is that did I dream oh, that? Oh, is that one of the ones that... It is Ubisoft.
0: That's right. I don't really know much about that one. I remember them announcing it when they did Eagle Flight and Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a party game. Uh, it's the hidden roles, social deduction, 5 to eight friends online, somebody is the werewolf, and you have to guess. It's like huh. that thing. Okay. Um, use unique abilities and randomly assign roles every round. No two games are ever the same. Blah blah blah. Ah, all right. And It's all done in VR.
0: Is it like it must be online then? I would assume if
1: it's yeah, if it's okay. Because yeah, I mean, five Headmaster's to eight online.
0: Well, oh, oh, okay. Because I mean, you, you say uh, you know party game or community based game. You think Headmaster, where you can do everything with just the one headset. So that's why I was asking.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep, and that is uh, twenty nine ninety nine. And that is VR. only, and it looks like you do not need move controllers, just a dual shock. All right And then we have the Last Guardian. It's hmm. finally coming. This is 5999: I don't believe it. And then there is a 119 dollar 99 cents collector's edition.: This looks pretty cool. Uh, if you can find it at this point, it's probably yeah. sold out everywhere. It has a steel book uh with the game in it. It has a statue that looks incredibly detailed yeah. a seventy two page art book, the digital soundtrack, ten tracks, a sticker sheet, and collector's box. This digital soundtrack this I'm really not happy with what they're doing with these now on the p s four yeah uh because they 've
0: done that for a while when they do soundtracks i mean i've got the infamous one on
1: my p s three and no, but the p s three you can put a you can
0: well yeah that 's true you
1: can put a thumb drive in and copy it to the u s b yeah and that's true. and take it to your computer and put it on your phone and put it anywhere these it's in some weird proprietary thing in the p s four and it's there, and you can't get it off the p s four
0: well see it's very simple Josh, all it you sucks. do. All you do is you get a digital-to-analog converter. Uh, Make sure that you don't have a PlayStation 4 Slim because you're going to need that optical cable. So you hook that up to the digital audio uh, converter, or a DAC, as a lot of people call it. Uh, You run that to your uh, favorite computer, be it a Mac, be it uh, Linux even, be it Windows. Uh, But with Windows, lots of updates. Uh, Once you get that hooked up, you can grab any free software out there, like Audacity, whatnot... And you just play the track on the PlayStation 4 and record it on your machine. And you just do that 10 times, name the track, make sure you put all the ID3 info in there. Incredibly easy for any mm-hmm. collector out there.
1: I'll just plug my mini disc in and I'll be fine.
0: <laughs> hey, my buddy was a DJ. He swore by mini disc because it was recorded. I love
1: it. Yeah. I've got mine. I used to use it to, well,. To record concerts, <laughs> <laughs> when I could, um, most of the time I didn't. I'd screw it up somewhere, and and the audio would come out all blown out. But
0: well, yeah, usually the microphones were too sensitive.
1: But for the most part, I, I'd get a thing here or there. I'd I'd go to the quieter ones, or I'd I'd get it set right and and get things because all I want is a recording of the show. And man, just like Pearl Jam's been doing for the last thirty years or whatever. If every single band put out a recording of their show on CD after the show, I would buy every single one of them.
0: Or even a digital download.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I I would buy every single one because I want that. I was there. I enjoyed it. It was a great show. I want to have that, and I want to yeah. have it to listen to again, and I will pay good money to do that.
0: I would absolutely adore if the Reverend Horton Heat would do that because the last couple times I've seen him, he's had some great guests with him. Uh, he had Deke Dickerson on stage with him for about half the show and um, man, they did some cool stuff. And I agree. I would I would buy that in an instant because they did stuff that are, is never going to be on any of their albums.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing of it. I mean, Pearl Jam has... I'm sure they've made a ridiculous amount of money off of it, but they've literally done that with all their shows every single one of their shows is available to yeah. buy yeah. basically after the show so and for like collectors out there
2: <laughs> oh yeah it's
1: insanity they're 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 basically buying every single concert the that Pearl Jam ever did and that's a lot yeah, of money see, then,
0: then what happens though is it's like the fish crowd and the Umphreys McGee crowd who have dedicated FTP sites set up and they all circulate all the music that they have. No. Well, Cause I used to work with a girl and uh, years ago that did that exact thing. She would sit at work and FTP shit all day. And I'm like, you know, she's not really doing her job and she's eating up our internet bandwidth and they didn't do anything for about it for months.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, they they've been doing it for a long time. I think they're still doing it. I don't even know, but either way, they they made plenty of money off it and made a lot of their fans really happy. And I wish other bands would do that.
0: Yeah, I think it'd be cool. I mean, I don't go to a lot of concerts anymore. Really, I just i I'll go see Megadeth every now and then. We skipped it this year because it was right after. Um, I think it was right after Extra Life. Um, but we'll see Megadeth when they come through town, and then it's usually the Reverend Horton Heat when he comes through. Uh, and then uh, uh um Murder by Death. But they don't come up to Wisconsin very often. But that's that's just, just about all the shows I go to nowadays. <laughs> I'm getting too old for that shit. Yeah. <laughs> Have
2: fun, Marsh
0: pitting About the only funny thing Adam Sandler ever did. Alright. All right. No, I, I I kinda wish they still had some of those special editions because I think I'd buy one of those because I that statue looks badass. It does. Man, and that and that looks like a full size art book. It almost looks like a hardcover too.
1: I don't know. Eh. I don't trust that it's full size. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that
1: box looks pretty big.
0: I mean they've got eh. the they've got the C D case standing up next well, the, to it. You see how big it is.
1: The, the the yeah, the book is a little bit bigger than the Blu ray case. Yeah. But not by much.
0: I think it is a hardcover though. It definitely looks like it.
1: Uh does it didn't it say that? Wait, what does it, does it say? It doesn't say hardcover?
0: I, I thought it just said art book. 72-page uh, art book. It doesn't say art it's hardcover. Art book, yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. It looks hardcover. Who knows? This could all be rude. Even those, even those little shitty ones are, are hardcover.
0: Yeah, it's true. Most of the time, yeah. Even those that little puppeteer
1: 20-page art books.
0: Yeah. yeah. Good point, Josh.
2: Yep. All right. <clears throat> all right. That's it.
0: Uh, So first up, we only got a couple news items this week uh, Because I was too lazy to go out and find other stuff But uh, this first one Thrustmaster Just recently revealed I think something that everybody figured was coming Uh, This is a Gran Turismo edition of the T300RS uh, Racing wheel So this is the same one that I (coughs) Excuse me This is the same wheel that I reviewed on on the website Probably over a year ago now uh it's it 's a really good wheel it's it's fantastic everything 's interchangeable um the, the 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 force feedback on it is is fantastic I actually like it a little bit better than the logitech g twenty nine a little bit uh but the cool thing is this one actually comes with the three pedal setup right in the box whereas the the regular T300 RS only comes with two pedals and it's very uh, piecemeal you know you have to if you want a shifter you have to buy a shifter for 100 bucks if you want the the pedals it's 150 bucks uh at least this one comes with the wheels or with the uh, pedals so you're saving 100 bucks uh same price as when the T300 RS came out uh originally 399 uh of course they give you all the uh oh we worked directly with the team at Polyphony and made sure that this is Exquisitely set up just for that game, and but I mean let's let's be honest. It's it's the same T three hundred RS that we had before, most likely. But it does have a cool Gran Turismo logo right where the uh, horn usually is. Uh, but it is cool. I, I'm really happy that they're finally in, in, including the three pedal setup, uh, which I still need to get. Actually, I still only have the two pedals. Uh, but that's you know so that's so you can actually do the clutch and everything else if you want a real simulation feel. <clears throat> Oh, I like cool. that. Who put this? Who put this news thing up? Or who put what? this article up?
2: Let's see. Here. Uh,
3: oh, Ben, ben
0: Palmer, because he goes <laughs> for for a more in depth look at the original T three hundred RS. Pop on over and read Glenn's stunning review right here. <laughs> stunning.
1: Yeah. Well, speaking of stunning, uh-huh. uh, Hello Games has broken their radio silence. Uh, They've announced the foundation update, uh, the new update uh, 1.1 to no man's sky. This is what they've been working on. It's from their website. It adds the foundations of base building and is a foundation for things to come, the first of many free updates. So this is a huge one. So one of the, one of the, Big things right off the bat, you can play with three different rule sets uh you can play the normal mode, which was the original experience. yeah you can play a creative mode, which allows you to explore the universe without limits and build a huge base so from what I gather from that, no more mining for for shit and and worrying about do I have fuel do I have this do I have that? you right. can just explore right. And not worry about any of that. And then there's survival mode, which creates a much more challenging endurance experience. Uh,
0: Not for (laughs) me.
1: Yeah. So for the base building, uh, you're going to claim a planet as your home planet. Yeah. Build your own outpost any, which way you want. um, You've got uh modular structures and decorations replicated from resources gathered while exploring. Um, you can recruit aliens to help research new technology. Farming is now available. Engineering weapons, science specialists, um, terminus teleporters in the space stations, let yep. you trans- transport back and forth. So you don't have to get in your ship and fly up to the space station. You can just star Trek transport back and forth. <laughs> um you can use storage containers to stockpile all kinds of resources and rare products so now you've got a place to store all your crap nice <laughs> which is kind of useful um and if you want to go somewhere else if you find a better place for it you just dismantle the whole thing and refund all the resources and go build it somewhere else yeah Um, farming is, is a huge update. It can be done indoors or outdoors. Um, inside your base, you use hydroponic labs and things like that. Um, the plants grow over time and it's a steady of resources that you can harvest. Um, it's just the, the list goes on and on and on for all the stuff they've added to this. It's insanity. Yeah. Um, they've also done, Oh, freighters. That was the other big thing.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You can now purchase huge interstellar freighters at great expense. <laughs> and
0: that's no bullshit.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then summon them from anywhere in the galaxy, and they can, um, you can teleport your resources to the freighter. Um, yeah, the freighters are, are huge. Did, did you
0: actually play it since this update now? No. No, oh, okay, I, I did. haven't.
1: Um, but uh, just the list goes on and on, and they've done a bunch of other updates to the game to clean things up and to fix some things. And
0: well, one thing you missed out of the list: create save points anywhere. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, yeah. I uh, so, well, number one, the trailers in this in this article, you should definitely watch the trailer because it's not just a trailer; it's like a walkthrough of all the stuff they've added. And they show the building stuff. Uh, they show you going up to the freighter, what you can do in the freighter. Um, they show all the, the, the mining and the resource uh, gathering that you can do that's automated. Uh, like, you can go up to a space station, you'll, and you'll meet, like, aliens in a bar, or, you know, whatever. And you can hire them on. They'll offer their services, and you can hire them on for certain things, like engineer, um, like a weapon specialist, all kinds of things. Um yeah, I, I uh, I've been meaning to go back to this game. I just haven't had time to play because I wanted to have a chunk of time to play it. And uh, I said, screw it! I really want to check this out, so I threw it in. And you know, I was like, what the hell am I doing? Because <laughs> it's been a while. But I started flying around, you know, and I'm I'm gathering resources and whatnot. And and I noticed very quickly that I really stink at the game, and I really don't know what I'm doing. And I have barely any, uh, currency and, you know, I barely have any open slots and, uh, but I was flying around and I went to a space station and that's what I saw. You know, I, I, came up upon these, this other race and, and there were like five different members of the race and they were like, Oh, you know, it's a language I'd already learned. So I think it's like Gax or something like that or something like that. I don't know. And they're like, "Well, do you need an engineer? If, if you need one, I'm, I'm up for hire. I'm like, well, no, I don't have a, I don't have a base yet cause I suck. Uh, but then you go down to the planet, and and if you find an abandoned building, you can kind of claim it, uh, which I haven't done yet. Uh, but you can actually claim it, and and then that you can start building it up, like like Josh was saying. Um, the freighters are huge, though. I mean, I flew up to one just to check it out, and it's really cool because I don't know, it's very Star Warsy, where it kind of had the bridge above it, like in a star destroyer, and that's where the hangars are, though. And you just fly up, and you you know you fly right in, and you have to go up, like, four or five levels just to get to the bridge. And it was just really neat walking around. And, and they, one of the things with this patch also is they um, they changed the the lighting and how it works. And it's, it's got a lot more bloom in it now. So it's more like a... It's more like a J.J. A, a J. Abrams movie. <laughs> just bloom everywhere. Um, but it was it was neat, because it just feels... Even in the... I, I probably only played it for, like, an hour and a half, two hours. But it just felt like... It, it, the, the- the universe was a little more alive uh like there was a little bit more to do and yeah it's it's exciting and and i i really i was telling the guys the other day I really need to find a guide to kind of give me some guidance uh in terms of how to like get resources that i need and and learn how to trade like what i what I can and can't trade or what's safe to trade and not to trade. Um, I know there's way to kind of, ways to kind of game the system a little bit where you can go to a space station where they're buying resources for way more than they're worth anywhere else. You know, you have to kind of search that stuff out. Uh, but just to make money, because I think right now I've got like 60,000 credits. Well, the freighter, if they offered to sell to me, was like 7 million. So obviously I got a little work to do. <laughs> but it, it's exciting because now you have something to work toward, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's and you know, I couldn't use the teleporter. They're right there. Uh, But I couldn't use it because I don't have a base set up yet. So obviously, that was something that I can try to do. Um, Got into a couple of firefights. I won one lost one. So I had to go and find my grave site and pick up all my stuff. Um, But yeah, it's, it was cool going back into it. I I was like, just itching to play it again. But I just, you know, now I don't have time. I got to edit the podcast and I got to work thing Thursday night. And then I got to pack and leave for California on Friday. So, but it's cool. I'm, I'm really glad that they're still working on this and it sounds like there's a lot more to come. Somebody reported the other day on Reddit that they were going through the PC files and they saw mention of what looks like it's going to be ground vehicles. So that's kind of exciting as well.
1: That'd be cool.
0: Yeah. Like moon, like a moon rover or whatever kind of vehicle. That'd be kind of neat. Because with the harvesting, it's really cool. you know you can essentially you set up these harvesters on the planet that you claim, and it'll literally just keep auto replenishing your uh your resources over time. so there, there's so many more possibilities now, but obviously you have to build up to it it's It's cool though.'m glad I still had it on my on my ps four out here.
2: Yep, yeah.
0: All right. Uh what we're playing and stuff and junk. You want to start since you have around PS Nation after the break?
1: Uh, okay. Uh we played Spy Chameleon. Spy Chameleon. Yes. The fuck is that? It is a downloadable title. Uh you are a chameleon and you it's top-down view and You're trying to get from one end of a room to the other, and there are these robots in the room. It's like a stealth-type game, uh, kind of. Um, The robots have their vision cones, and they're looking around. Oh, okay. Um, But because you're a chameleon, uh, when you walk across paint that's on the ground that's painted uh, green, blue, red, or pink to correspond with the buttons on the dual shock. Ah, you hit the button on the dual shock to change to that color and they don't see you. Ah, wait, now I have to learn
0: the colors too. Damn it.
1: Yeah. So it adds a little bit of strategy. Um, there's also, uh, there's other things. It gets deeper as you go. Um, there's things that you have to pick up before you walk out. There's, uh, cameras that are always facing you and you know, you have to maneuver behind things. You have to, there's fish in a fishbowl and you smack the fishbowl from behind and the whole fishbowl turns around. The fish looks around behind him and you have to sneak around the other side real quick. Uh, it gets very strategic and we were, we are playing the crap out of that. Um, hmm. and, That's pretty much it. (laughs) Um, We watched Muppets and Muppets Most Wanted and Minions and Adventure Time. Nice. That's it.
0: All right. Uh, So I downloaded that Stern Pinball. And because I wanted to see if any of my Pinball Arcade tables would transfer over. And the answer is a big no. Hmm. So there are a few tables that are in Pinball Arcade that are on Stern Pinball. Uh, they do not transfer over, so you have to rebuy them. Uh, I mean, they have some new stuff, and they're they're even going to get uh, Stern actually just released a Batman sixty six table with Adam West and uh, Burt Ward uh, doing huh. voices. So it sounds like that's going to come to this too. But god damn it, I mean, it just it seems really shitty the way they did this. Uh, yeah. There was no press at all about it. There was no word about it. There's no real like definitive new like information about it anywhere that I can find. It just kind of popped up. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. I think they could have handled that a lot better. Uh, the game itself obviously is free because it's a platform. Uh, you don't get any tables with it. So no matter what, you got to buy a table right off the bat. Uh, I'm probably not going to do much with it for a while uh, just because I've seen how uh, this developer, Farsight, handles tables. And I kind of expect uh, bundles to come out at a certain point uh, because that's what they do. They all of a sudden they'll do a season one at the very end instead of like offering a season one pass like right away. Uh, although I think they do have a season one pass now, but it, it's already tables that are available. So I don't know. It just I really like pinball arcade, but the whole way that they've always handled their tables always kind of annoyed me. Uh, so I'm, I'm probably going to hold off on this one a little bit. Uh, although they do have some cool tables. But I, I don't know. I just... I don't trust them. <clears throat> I don't trust them at all. Uh played a lot more Battlefield 1. Uh, still, I have not touched the campaign yet. Uh, just because I haven't really had uh, the time to sit down and, and spend on it. you know. So I've just been playing the uh, multiplayer quite a bit. Played with a few, a few friends the other day, but mainly I've just been getting on and playing online, trying to get used to it. I'm still... Frustrated at uh, at the fact that I can get headshotted all the time by non sniper rifles, yet when I'm hitting guys square in the head, you know, with a single shot rifle, uh, they're not. It's not happening. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I gotta maybe look into some stuff a little bit more. Getting more used to you know the primitive weapons, the anti armor weapons, that sort of thing. Um, I love the maps. I think the maps are fantastic. The visuals, my God. It is one of the best-looking video games available anywhere. It it it's stunning. Um I just still don't know if I'm sold on the whole Battle f- or uh, uh World War 1 era. I I just I don't know. But you can't deny how technically fantastic the game is. Uh it is it is beautiful in every frame. It it, it really is. Uh and then <laughs> I was testing out so we've got this Avermedia live gamer portable two device for review uh so what it is it's it's basically a capture device like all the other ones that i've reviewed over the last few years like the elgato etc but this one actually is a newer version of one that they've had out for a while where you can put a micro sd card in it and you don't have to plug it into a pc or mac to record anything it, it's a completely standalone unit so you plug the hdmi into it you plug a power source into USB, so you can just plug it into the front of the PS4, Xbox, whatever. Or uh, what I'm trying is I actually have a portable battery for like a phone charger, and uh, I've been I've been running off that. Um, and you can just record gameplay. And the the neat thing is, even when you're doing the standalone, you can still record commentary if you want. So they've got a really cool mixer built into it, uh, where you can plug your headphones in, and then also take a cable from your controller into another port on the on the thing, and it actually mixes the audio for you and records it. So you get your party chat if you want, and then it sends all that through the headphone jack to your headphones. So you're still able to, to interact in the party chat. Very ingenious how they did it. Uh, I put a quick uh, sample. It's a raw sample I put up on our YouTube channel. Uh, it's just a few minutes of Rainbow Six Siege. And that was, you know, that's the next game I was playing. We were decided the other day we were going to get in and play some Rainbow Six Siege. And, man, that game has evolved. Uh, I have not played it since around the time the first DLC hit. Uh, I just, I had so many problems with the, um, the hit detection mainly. It just seemed really off. And it didn't seem like they were improving at all. Uh, and also, just the overall network connectivity was always kind of iffy at best. Like, we would, we would get knocked out of the party all the time, you know, and, and just have a lot of problems. Uh, we played for a good hour and a half, two hours, and had nary a problem. Um, yeah, it, it was a lot of fun. And obviously, it wasn't the best test for that device, because one of the cool things with this new one is that it'll record full 1080p at 60 frames, whereas the uh, the previous one was limited to 30 frames. But And that game runs at 30. But uh, it, it looks great. Uh, I think the video came out really well, and, and we had a good time with it. So I'm probably going to get back into Rain with Six Siege now because it, it works a lot better. We had much better luck with uh, and much better results with the, the hit detection. Um, it was just, you know, like relearning the controls because they're so unique. So I was, sh- I was shooting my teammates a lot on accident. I'm like, oh, shit, sorry, wrong button. Uh and then as I mentioned played uh some No Man's Sky played a couple hours of that. Uh I'm really itching to get back into it. So hopefully when I get back from this crazy week I'll have some time to to dig into that and, and uh kind of you know try to find a way to get some more resources and especially a lot more uh monetary uh resources as well. Uh and then obviously this last week in the US was Thanksgiving. Uh that's why I didn't really play too much. I, I actually cooked everything. So I pretty much spent three days working on, you know, the meal and getting things set up and whatnot. Um, But one of the cool old traditions of Thanksgiving's past was Mystery Science Theater would, they would always have a Turkey Day marathon, a 12-hour marathon uh, on Comedy Central, and it it was a big deal. Like, they recorded new host segments, and it was always just a great time, and, and, you know, you want to get away from the family, go watch some MST. Well, Shout Factory, who are just killing it with MST lately, uh, actually did a six-episode Turkey Day Marathon. And uh, they actually had people that that donated to the Kickstarter to bring the new season around, they had them vote on their top 100 mo- uh, episodes, and they did the top six episodes that were voted. Or I think it's five. I think they did five. Uh, no, they did six. Uh so I didn't get to watch the whole thing obviously cuz I was cooking and all that but uh it was it, the timing was just weird and I got to watch two of my favorites. I got to watch uh Mitchell which ironically is the very last episode with uh Joel Hodgson unfortunately but it's one of the best episodes they ever did with uh Joe Don Baker. Okay. Uh oh god I love that movie. So many great lines. Uh and then uh Manos the Hands of Fate because that's where my PSN name comes from Torgo. Uh, so I got to watch Manos, the Hands of Fate. And it was funny because our friend Chris from RP Gamer saw me tweeting about it. So he gets on and he and he starts watching Manos, the Hands of Fate. He's never seen Manos before. And he starts tweeting me like, what is going on with this movie? I'm like, oh, just keep watching, dude. So it was kind of, I was kind of like, it's okay. It's, it was almost like virtually patting his back a little bit, making sure that he knew he was safe from this awful movie. Um, but it sounds like he, he had a good time. And then... Uh, I've been buying a lot of the Shout Factory box sets when I've had a chance. And actually, they had a humongous sale uh, between Thanksgiving and Cyber Monday. They had all the box sets for 50% off. So I went off. And I guess the box showed up at my parents' house. My mom calls up. She goes, you just got a huge box full of mystery science theater? <laughs> uh, but I've been ripping those so I could you know, take them with me digitally. I've actually got a few loaded on my tablet right now. Uh, so, the other night I watched Horror at Party Beach, which I haven't seen in a really long time. It was one of the sci-fi channel episodes. Um, but it's it's freaking fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm just kind of on the, on the uh, MST kick. And then, um, because I got the digital digital coat with the Blu-ray, I threw in the other day, I threw in uh, The Nice Guys. Uh, Shane Black movie. Kind of a spiritual follow-up to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, Russell Crowe, and I always forget the other guy, but uh, I, it, it's one of the most perfect movies that came out in 2016. Everybody should see it. It's freaking fantastic. Uh, it's funny. It's brilliantly written, brilliantly acted, uh, a lot of great stars in it. Uh, like I said before, it reunites Russell Crowe and Kim Basinger, which is kind of cool, uh, from probably my... In my top five movies of all time, L.A. Confidential uh, takes place in the '70s in L.A. Uh, you know, really pokes pokes fun at you know Hollywood back then and and kind of the uh, the excess lifestyles that a lot of people live back then. And it's a good story. I just, I just love that movie. So and like I said before, fucking Buck Rogers is in it. <laughs> Come on, Gil in it. He's. I mean, it's he's. He's tough to. He's tough to. He doesn't look the same because he's old, obviously, and he's got a mustache. But uh, come on, it's Buck, Buck Rogers.
1: Speaking of doesn't look the same and don't recognize him, uh, I was going through the Legends of Tomorrow stuff yeah. again. I was just looking at some stuff and I, I looked up Jonah Hex. Yeah, that's the. F- that's the fucking singer from The Wonders that thing you do. That yeah. Thing You Do. Yeah, Jonathan Sketch. I cage. did not fucking recognize him at all. <laughs> I was like, this guy seems familiar. And yeah. it didn't even dawn on me. And then I looked, I was like, no fucking way. Yeah. And I just laughed and laughed when I saw that.
0: I was kind of hoping that he would start clapping and say, I quit. I quit. <laughs> I quit.
1: No, he has to snap it.
0: Oh, that's right. With snapping. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> quit.
1: I quit. <laughs> I quit. I quit. I quit, Mister White.
0: Did you? Uh, so you finally saw that episode?
1: Uh, no, I got through the whole season. Yeah. Oh,
0: okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's actually the episode that brought me back to watching the show because yeah. I had skipped a few and then I got to that. And I'm like, oh, I want to see what they do with Jonah Hex. I was actually kind of a little disappointed with what they did with him, but, um, but he'll be back. I'm oh yeah, sure. and that's that's the thing. I was like, all right, well, we'll probably see him again in season two, but but I'm uh,
1: still I'm I'm blown away. It's like a it's like a frickin Marvel movie every week on that show. Oh, yeah, it's amazing how much they do in terms of effects and how good it looks on a week to week basis. I mean, whatever budget they've got going on there. Literally, you know, they'll have a massive fight scene with every one of the legends running around fighting and the camera will do the whole swoop through the whole scene and you'll see this punch and then that one kick and then this one over here with the gunshot and this one. And they swoop through the whole scene. I'm like, this is freaking amazing for a weekly TV show. It's insane.
0: Yeah, especially when they went back to Central City. That was a, a pretty beefy episode.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. it's crazy what they do and and how much they're able to get done on a budget like that. I mean, now watch that and then go back and watch something like Greatest American Hero. <laughs> well, come on. And but that was a top top-notch oh, flight, yeah. top fancy a uh, superhero show on ABC, but they were using and,
0: like the same flying technology that they used in the Superman movies, and you know, just it was uh, so fake.
1: Not even so much of that. The <laughs> That's show the was the problem? Awesome. It was awesome, and it's one of my favorite shows, and I have the full series on on DVD. But, yeah, me too. But man, t- the budget—you could see. Oh yeah, <laughs> every. <laughs> All all $10,000 of that budget are on screen every single week. I mean, come on, that and Battlestar Galactica was the one that really pushed the envelope. But oh, the yeah. problem with that was they were, they were running at such a clip that the effects shots were reused constantly oh, because yeah. they didn't have enough time to shoot new ones and the scripts got so bad because they didn't have time to churn the scripts out they had planned on doing the tv movie and then taking like six months to a year to develop everything and write all the scripts and get all the effect shots done and abc was like we had such a huge response you're in production now and they were like wait what
2: yeah
0: (laughs) it's like when batman was on tv and they did it two nights a week and i mean they just pushed the envelope yeah Let's get every it, drop of milk out of this cow,
1: and that's the problem i mean the and you could see it the early episodes were good, and then it really tailed off quick, oh, <laughs> because yeah. they just ran out of steam they they could not keep up with the writing and with everything else and well fact they as didn't I really show yeah oof. they
0: didn't really write a story arc ahead of time, like that really kind of started with strazemsky on um on uh, 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 Babylon, Babylon. I, I want to say Battlestar. Babylon
1: Five. On Babylon yeah. Five.
0: Yeah, he was really kind of the the innovator when it came to that, where he had the the beginning, middle, and end pretty much all written before they started the series shooting.
1: Well, and that's what I liked about Deep Space Nine, is yeah. that the the first season you could see it by the by the time they got to the end of the first season, it was like, oh my gosh, that was like a season long story arc, and yeah. and then it just continued. It was like a seven season. Arc and everything mattered, and they kept calling back to previous things. And you know, you had your one off episodes here and there, but for the most part, especially when they got into the Dominion Wars, that was that was an entire thing. And with Battlestar Galactica, I was talking about the 1970s series, yeah, not, not, not Battlestar
0: no one. 1980
1: or whatever it was. Yeah. Oh, geez, the Galactica 1980 was even worse,
0: it was terrible,
1: uh, yeah, but.
0: That was like when um, the Duke boys left and they had the Duke's cousin or the cousins yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs> um but no, that's I was when I'm talking about the shoestring budget and the reusing the the same effect shots constantly. Oh yeah. It was it was because they just it was the 70s and they didn't have the budget and they they may have been able to do it but they didn't have the time. ABC didn't give them the time. Right. They were like, we got to get on this and we got to get it in production quick because Lucas is suing us.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which
1: was absurd. They were like, well, that that's too much like Han and Luke. And they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> Unfortunately, the, the court was like, you're out of your minds. And they threw it out.
0: <laughs> Which they should have.
1: Yeah, they should have. But I mean, the, Lucas was pissed because partly because John Dykstra. Yeah. Left and he took a bunch of people with him and they took that technology and said, we're going to do our own thing with it. And, you know, ILM was its thing and, and Dykstra left and took some people and, and they did Galactica and they went on from there, but they were basically rival, um, they became rival effects houses, essentially. So and Lucas was threatened with, Oh my gosh, there's going to be a weekly sci-fi show that's on. And I want to corner the market on this, but my next movie's not going to be out for three
2: years, (laughs)
0: but I own space. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I had a friend years back that was actually a radio DJ in Fond du Lac. And he was like the biggest Battlestar Galactica nerd. He, Anytime there was any type of convention that might have Battlestar stuff at it, he dressed up. <laughs> he would like go all the way to Minneapolis or Chicago. I always or wanted
1: that jacket. I always yep. wanted that brown flight jacket. So hey, bad. that was
0: like that was designer stuff. Who was it? It was um, uh, it was like one of the real big designers, uh, fashion designers actually created those. That was the whole thing. Like the wardrobe was all from a a fashion designer, and and uh, you know the the set it was over a million dollars to build and you know, they put all the, all the amazing. things in the right place. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, was. yeah.
1: it it really, I mean, there was so much potential, which is why, you know, I was happy. I was so nervous when, when the reboot was coming and I was just like, uh, and I watched the first, the, I watched the movie and I was like, fuck, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> and I got so wrapped up into that. That's the one I think I've said it before. I've watched that beginning to end. I don't know how many times, five, yeah. six, seven times at this point. Um, and I kind of want to go back and watch it again, beginning to end, because it's so freaking good. It is so good. It is. Man.
0: Yeah. And, and the thing is, overall, I think Galactica, the original, even it holds up. I mean, it really, for a sci-fi fan it does. And, and for storylines yeah. and everything else. I mean, there are some cheesy moments and, and whatnot, but it it really does hold up. It 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 holds up. I mean, for me, even the first first season of of Buck Rogers holds up to a certain extent. It was always cheesy, anyway.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: But I really love that show. That was like that was really when I got into sci-fi. Was around the time that Buck Rogers hit TV, and I was like, "Holy crap! We have this really cool at the time, this really cool sci-fi on television. (laughs) I don't have to go to the theater to see all these cool effects
1: and Holy shit, there's a
0: robot that sounds like Bugs Bunny, and you know,
1: but the space (laughs) vampire
0: yeah that's when they started yeah (laughs) the
1: friggin space vampire come on and then when they got on the searcher they had the space mummy
0: (laughs) did you i think we've discussed this a long time ago but the whole searcher thing so the second season of buck rogers just fell off the deep end for those folks that don't know this that was all gil gerard's doing apparently he was like I need we we need this character to become something like, you know, a little deeper and blah 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 and he completely ruined the show. It was all Gil Gerard. Mm. Yeah.
1: I didn't uh, know about that. That's it, that whole second season was terrible and Mel Blanc wasn't doing the voice of Tweaky anymore and Tweaky yeah. turned into like some weird I, I don't know what Tweaky turned <laughs> into in terms of his voice and it was not even remotely the same and Crichton and yeah. I mean, it had, it had that, uh, the old dude on it um who was on Galactica, which was why I was like, all right, I'll keep watching this. Cause I like that old dude.
2: Um, yeah.
1: The really, really old guy. Um, But for the most part, yeah, that there was only one or two, maybe one good episode in the searcher year. Uh, that it was on because it was only two seasons. It was yeah. the first season on Earth basically, and then the second season on Searcher, which was oh, well, <laughs> it
0: was with awful. Hawkman and Hawk Lady at the beginning, yeah, you know, and, and and
1: Golden Man, he's a Golden Man.
0: You golden man. <laughs> see, we have talked about this before because I think it yeah, was actually we have. episode title.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because between that and the and the little people with the <sighs> think unthink. about the brain oh, yeah, that's right. yeah, well, they did both, they did on yeah. think, and then they they got into a weird rape thing with uh <sighs> Wilma Deering, where they were they cornered her, and they were going off think, off think, and they were ripping her clothes off
0: I mean normally, you just have a bottle of gin I, I don't know why they uh, yeah,
1: that whole thing was just oh it was
0: terrible there up. were I don't think there was one good episode in the in the second season. it was just god awful. And I have that's another series I have on DVD, and it was funny because yeah, for the longest too. time it was insanely expensive. Yep. And I think you and I bought it at the same time because all of a sudden when it dropped I, way down to like thirty bucks or something. I'm like, dude, it's thirty bucks, nah,
1: buy it, buy it. I think it was down to nineteen. Yeah, or something like that. Because that's uh, that's when I was like, all right, at that price. Because I still, even at thirty bucks, I was like, but there's so much bad about that. But thing. there's so much good.
0: Yeah, I love that first yeah. season. I really do. I, yeah, I adore The first, first
1: season, season. The first season has a lot of really high points in it. It really does. it's got, got like really
0: 24 does. episodes. I mean, that's the thing about the first season. It goes... Because when you start thinking about the show originally before you, you kind of look it up, you're like, oh, that show must have gone on for like four seasons. Well, no. The first season was just insanely long.
1: Yeah, it was.
0: Like the Space Olympics and... The whole thing with the, uh, I always remember the thing uh, with the, uh, the, 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 all the mercenaries. Yeah. And, and that's the one with Marky Post. Oh. Yeah.
1: That was a good one. Yeah. Um, but then there was, uh, no, Marky Post was in a different one. The mercenaries. No, no yeah.
0: because Buck Rogers has to, has to act like one of the mercenaries, they capture the mercenary and Buck takes his identity and Marky Post is his used to date. That's the right.
1: Guy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Okay. This it was fifteen dollars and fifty seven cents. I just oh, looked geez. it up. That's why I bought it. <laughs> yeah, no, I knew it was under twenty sell. bucks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because there's no way I was going to buy that. Because right now it's forty forty six dollars. Right now. Wow. And I would not buy that for forty six dollars, but for. No. For fifteen bucks, yeah, fuck yeah, I was going to buy it.
0: But I mean, you know, sci-fi back then was very hard to come by. Decent, even decent sci-fi, because I'm not going to call it good, but even decent sci-fi was very hard to come by for a well, long, long v,
1: time.
0: I love V, and V
1: was freaking amazing. The TV show V was horrible.
0: It was terrible because like the, they got rid of the, the voice modulation and
1: yeah, the two miniseries were great. The yeah. the TV series was just god-awful.
0: I own both miniseries on Laserdisc and on DVD. Uh, and I have it digitally on Amazon Video as well. Uh, I love V. And actually, the the remake one, it started off rough, but actually, I started really liking it, and then they canceled it. ABC canceled it. The problem with the remake was they were doing those digital sets, and they were not good.
1: They they, they were terrible.
2: Yeah.
0: But <laughs> I mean, it was so cool. Like They brought Jane Badler back, and uh, yeah, Mark Singer came cool. back.
1: I liked but- it. But a lot of it was just very poorly done.
0: Well, the problem was they were taking too long to get things established.
1: Uh, but I do have as bad as it is. I do have the the old the 1980s series TV series
0: Ugh. on DVD. Yeah, I can't do because that, that had
1: to be under 10 bucks at some point, And I was like, fuck it. Oh, it's mind. so
0: bad. There, there's just nothing just for completion. About yeah, yeah, it
1: is really terrible. Ugh. It, because that I mean talk about a shoestring budget that was even worse <laughs> that's actually <laughs> that had like no budget
0: oh yeah uh, V is one of the reasons that Rock and I have uh, that know our friend Liz so well she came to an event uh, or came to a thing we, we went to a hockey game one night and she was married to one of his coworkers back then and she and I started talking about sci-fi and she's a big V fan too and then we just started talking 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 and we're all friends to this day and that was God. That was back. That was before I lived in Marshfield. Even so, that's probably fourteen years ago. Yeah, I I do. I, I love that show. It was so well done, and the writing well, was the,
1: great. The TV movie, yes.
0: Yeah, the mini series. The, the mini series. The ah,
1: there it is. Yeah, there. The I just looked it up here on Amazon. Uh, I bought that for ten dollars and sixty-seven cents. I knew it was about ten bucks because there's no way I'd spend more than ten bucks on that piece of poo. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I want that in my collection. Well, I figured for completion's sake, I've got both miniseries, and I, yeah. the first miniseries was so much better. The second one, it had its issues by the end there, but with the girl, you know, I'll oh, save pretend, us, I'll just touch it. Pretinama. <laughs>
0: well, it's funny because the guy that, and I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy that actually started the original miniseries uh, didn't work on Final, uh, 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 final Battle. He had a bunch of creative differences with NBC, and he dropped out of Final Battle. So, yeah. NBC did that on their own. It was another one of those things that like you were talking about that ABC, where they wanted to jump on the success of V, and, and they they pushed Final Battle really quickly, and he didn't have time to write it, basically. But I still really liked it. So
1: It was Kenneth Johnson was Kenneth the Johnson. first one.
0: I was thinking Kenneth something, but I was thinking Kenneth B... And, all, of course, all I could think of was Kenneth Branagh, and I knew that wasn't right.
2: <laughs>
1: well, yeah. But, I mean, I'm, between Faye Grant, Ugh. who was in uh, Greatest, Greatest American, American Hero, Hero yep. Mark Singer, who was the Beastmaster, yep. and fucking Michael Ironside. Fuck yeah. <laughs> How could you go wrong? you damn right.
0: And Robert Englund. Yeah. Um, Jane Badler was amazing on that show. On the miniseries, yeah, um, yeah there's so much good about it. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, I actually was just watching that not too long. Ago. I was watching the original miniseries, so check it out, folks. It, it's you can get the entire both miniseries as one purchase on Amazon Video for like <laughs> fifteen bucks. So you get you get both the original and uh, Final Battle.
1: How much should I pay for that? Let me look. I'm looking at the, on DVD, um, the original miniseries is $7.39, yeah. and V the Final Battle is $10.10.
0: Well, the thing is, on Amazon right Video, now. they only list V the original miniseries uh, for purchase on on Amazon Video for streaming. But when you buy it, you get both. That was a surprise. So, all of a sudden, my listing came up. I'm like, wait a second, the Final Battle's on here, too. So yeah. It's uh yeah. Well this I don't
1: know. is weird. What? Wow. So I guess nobody gives a shit about this one. <laughs> so the the updated one. Yeah. Um and that was the thing. Morena Bakarin and Elizabeth Mitchell, yeah, two women that I absolutely love. Me too. So I watched it and I couldn't get past the first like four or five episodes. I was like, this is just awful. <laughs> um that's on DVD. Season one is nine dollars and ninety nine cents. Yeah, and season two is eight dollars and seventy nine cents. Yep. Uh, Blu ray's about twenty bucks, but dude, clearly nobody's buying that.
0: <laughs> and and that was the thing. Like season one was way too much. Them trying to establish things. Season two actually had some cool stuff. And like I said. They brought Mark Sanger back and they yeah. it was a different role. Did I say Mark Sanger? Mark Singer. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Sanger was in it. He was just a wet blanket the entire time. Um but Jane Badler came up. I really liked what they did with her character and I enjoyed it. But yeah, I mean there were some flaws. But I enjoyed it. I I liked it for what it was. And now Miranda background's on uh, Gotham and she's awesome. So And Gotham was mm. just getting crazy. Uh, they have really done some cool shit this year. God, I'm trying to think of what other sci-fi stuff I liked in the 80s. Because there wasn't a lot.
1: No, there wasn't.
0: Greatest the Greatest American thing, Hero, that's... yeah. I want to I wanna go back and start watching that again, but that's all boxed up in storage.
1: But that's why I'm absolutely loving the way things are going now in terms of uh, like sci-fi and superheroes. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Well,
0: because finally there's actually like a budget. I mean, that 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 was the funny part about uh, the original uh, the original Flash, um, yeah, because it was awesome for the time. I mean, they it was really good effects for TV. It it was fun stories. You know, they didn't take themselves too seriously, but it was still good enough. Um, but it was too expensive to make because they said the ratings were good, but it was just too expensive. So. I just love how they've kind of worked that into the new show now. Yeah. I love it.
1: So Well, all right. Well, this was later, but Farscape was freaking amazing. It's I one of my favorites. never got into that show. Oh, I love that show.
0: I don't know what it was. I It just didn't do it for me. And you know my stance on all the Star, Stargate shows.
1: I just never got into those either. Oh, I love the Stargate shows.
0: But, I mean, I had Star Trek Next Generation. I had uh, Deep Space Nine, you know. I really liked Babylon 5 for a long time. Um, yeah. There was a heyday for a while, and then sci-fi just kind of fell off the map. Because the sci-fi channel started making really shitty sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Um, Although I'm hearing good things about that expanse on sci-fi. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of maybe thinking about trying to find that and watch
2: it from the beginning. Because I've been hearing people talk about it. I just watched Rock uh, make a goal on his own goal. Good job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, you ready to take a break?
2: Yeah. All right. Uh,
0: when we come back, we'll... Ta- this is going to be a short show. When we come back, we'll uh, talk what's going on around PS Nation. We'll talk a little bit about uh, PSX. Maybe we'll try to find some emails. And that's it. There's no reviews, nothing, because I'm still writing reviews. My My PS4 Pro review is getting really big. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. we'll uh we'll be right back. <laughs>
2: The year is 1987,
3: and NASA launches the last of America's deep space probes. In a freak mishap, Ranger 3 and its pilot Captain William Buck Rogers
2: are blown out of their trajectory into an orbit which freezes his life support systems and returns Buck Rogers to Earth 500 years later.
0: We're back, and uh, you know what that means, folks. It's time for Josh to tell us what's going on around PS Nation.
1: PS Nation. All right, so the Side Quest podcast episode yeah. seven went up after a fashion. Oh
0: my god! <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> yes.
1: Uh here, a little bit of Skyrim here, Here's talk.
0: a file. Oh wait, no, here's another file. Oh no, here's another file. Can you put this <laughs> file up? Wait Oh, you put that file up? Why'd you put that file up? Because that's the link you sent me. Oh no no, put this link up.
2: Sorry,
1: I had to do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so here all about uh Skyrim and stuff and MJC uh joined Andy and Jason for a bit. God he's a well. whore. Yeah he is
0: what a whore
1: he's got to work that brand yo
0: yeah he does
1: uh all right so that went up uh last week on daily poll was a short one three days speaking of put this up put this up fix that uh i had to go in and fix the wednesday poll because it was a copy of the tuesday poll because Oops. somebody doesn't edit their work Oops! Aww, snap
0: oh shit
1: all right, so it was only Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday because of Thanksgiving holiday here in the U.S. So Monday was: Do you play video games with your family members? Mm. Tuesday was maybe this one should have come first. Do you other do you other members of your family play video games? <laughs> yeah, maybe that one should have came first. And then the eh. third one now that it's been fixed, was do you play board games or card games with your family? And if you want to check out the results, head on over and check them out. Yeah. Uh, Then uh, Super Dungeon Brothers, Super Dungeon Bros. I was going to
0: say, no, man, it's Super Dungeon Bros.
1: (laughs) Super Dungeon Bros uh, was a... Well, it's probably Chaz. They're all Chaz
0: uh it's a chaz <laughs> review. Yeah, Chaz is our only reviewer now apparently.
1: That went up uh and he had an interesting take on the game. Oh, because really? this is this is a co-op game and he's a co-op kind of guy. He plays with his family all these different games. Um and this was hyped a lot at least in terms of the PR and stuff that we got on it. More so than other games I've seen. Uh, so yeah, there's an interesting take there to, to read and, uh, Dave's until dawn rush of blood for PlayStation VR. Nice. That review has gone up as well. Nice. And that's mainly it. All right. That's mainly what's going on.
0: Yeah. I'm working on my hardware. Uh, what did I give you? I gave you the Plantronics one. I'm working on the Turtle Beach that we, you and I reviewed on the podcast a couple weeks ago, but I want to test a couple more things. And like I said, I'm writing that PlayStation 4 Pro review, but
2: ugh, it's getting big.
0: But I'm glad I, I, I waited because, uh, one of the things is they just put out a beta firmware for my, for my display. And all the problems I was having with the Xbox One, especially with HDR, uh, it looks like a lot of that stuff is fixed. And, and the great thing about that is now I can kind of comf- like uh, compare how the Xbox One S handles HDR compared to my Nvidia Shield TV and the PS4 Pro, uh, which is great because uh, I, you know, I played some Forza Horizon Three in there. Oh, I forgot to talk about that. Uh, played some Forza Horizon Three, but I was also watching like. How Netflix is handled on all three. Do I get the Dolby Vision HDR from all three clients? Uh, You know, Amazon viewer, do I get HDR from that on all three clients? So it was kind of cool. I mean, there actually is some lacking with the PS4 Pro still with the apps. The Netflix app seemingly doesn't pass through HDR yet, whereas uh, it does on the Shield TV and on the Xbox One S. Uh, Voodoo sucks on both consoles. Uh, You only get up up to HDX, whereas the Ultra HD stuff, it won't even tell you on the Xbox One S if you own an Ultra HD, which is a 4K uh, uh, resolution movie. On PS4, though, on PS4 Pro, it sucks because it'll tell you that you own it, but it won't let you watch it. So hopefully they're getting that shit taken care of because that was one of the things at the meeting you were at when they originally uh, showed this thing off. They were really touting you know, the 4K capabilities of even apps yeah. and it it is, it's kind of lacking right now uh, compared to what the Xbox one S has. Uh, the one thing I haven't checked on the ass still is if their Blu-ray app got any better, which which I can't test on the PS4 pro because, you know, no, for no 4K Blu-ray on that system for whatever reason. But yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, I'm testing quite a bit of stuff, just trying, trying a lot of different things out and, uh, it's it's becoming a long review just because it's kind of situational. Like, you know, what do you want out of it? If you want this, this is probably what you're looking for and whatnot. I mean, do you play... Is that your primary system now, your pro? No. It's not?
1: No. Okay. I, I haven't, I've installed like two things on it because I still have the original hard drive in there and I don't want to install everything oh. and then have to reinstall everything. So I haven't even bothered with it. Oh, okay. I did it and did like some of the VR stuff because that's what's on there. And I did, uh, what was it? Robinson and got sick.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I just haven't even bothered installing much on there cause it's, I I don't want to go through all that. (laughs) Well, and it's,
0: it's weird talking about Robinson um, because we had a couple more people on Twitter say the same thing and everybody's been on the pro so far. So you have this theory that it's something with the pro. And, and uh, the thing is from what it sounds like digital foundry, they put a video up, but the problem is they're getting a lot of stuff off the social screen right now for capture uh, because there's not, there's not a really easy way to capture what people are actually seeing in the visor. The social screen is really only showing you what one eye sees so it's not a true representation of what's being seen. But they're saying that frame rate-wise, the frame rate's about the same. Hmm. What they're seeing on Robinson on the Pro is better draw distance, uh, so you see objects not popping in as much, uh, the aliasing's a lot better, and uh, the occlusion. So a lot of times when you have a VR game, on the, on the edges of the visor, you'll see that things are really curved and they get kind of blurry. And that's to help you focus on what's in front of you with the pro version they can actually uh render a lot of that stuff more, and so it's a lot cleaner on the outsides um but the what sucks is you watch the video and you don't really see too much of it, but you know they're like, well, this is what the social screen shows you uh, it's the same way with drive club v r they're saying that they don't see any differences in drive drive club v r except for uh reflections so now on the on the pro version they see on their re- recordings that uh, the world is reflecting so you see the trees you see all the other stuff i still contend that the textures are better on the pro version i think the textures are a lot cleaner for stuff that actually has like the few banners that are there and you know when you drive under that big tire that has a name of the track it just it looks cleaner to me Mm -hmm. so now i I actually want to hook up the other one and go between them so if i do that which will be next week obviously because i don't have time this week but if I do that, I'll I'll go in and check Robinson and see if if I can get through it. But it is so weird that you and I both seem to kind of get sick right around the same time. And then the the two or three people that said something on Twitter, it was almost the exact same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really odd.
1: So that's, well, and that's why I asked. I was like, well, are you on the Pro? Because I thought, we're all playing on the Pro. And when I played it at E3, I was totally fine for the half hour or so that I played, half hour, 40 minutes I played. I did not get sick. I didn't have a problem, and that obviously was not on the pro. Yeah. So it was either just an early build, or maybe it's something different that's you know there something is being done differently on the pro that's making us sick. Maybe I don't know. It's well, just a theory, but yeah. Who knows? I mean one
0: one thing that I started thinking about is the fact that it's built in the Cry Engine, and I've always, to me, the Cry Engine even on PC especially, always kind of irritated me a little bit. Uh, the way that they handle their their field of vision, it always seemed kind of weirdly curved. And I never really liked it too much. And I'm wondering maybe if it's something with their implementation just using CryEngine, too. For me. So, I don't know. It's it's an interesting theory. And, um, I mean, I have to hook up the other PS4 anyway just so I can capture video easier because I don't have a 4K capture uh, rig, obviously. So, um, yeah, I'm... I'm planning on getting that all hooked up, and I'll give that a try because uh, it's not that big of a deal if they're sitting right next to each other to flip the, the cables over and all that. I mean, I have to flip the cables anyway because whenever I want to use uh, VR, I have to plug it in separately on the Pro to begin with because I use HDR in everyday life. And, of course, their mm. breakout box doesn't do that. Thanks a lot, Sony. Yeah. So, God, I still can't believe they did that. <clears throat> Bring a new box. Charge me $70. bucks, i will buy it. I'll buy it. God damn it. <laughs> Let me trade it in. Anyway. Um, yeah, it was, it, 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 it's really weird. And, and I, I don't know. I, I, it's funny that it's not happening to everybody though. Because who is it? Chaz got all the way through the game and he had no problem. Yeah. And I don't get motion sick off games usually. The only yeah, one that ever did that to me was Here They Lie.
1: Well, the only one that ever did that to me was briefly the the PlayStation Worlds one where you're that alien thing in the Mac. And oh, it was yeah. only when and I didn't even really get sick. It was when I came up over the edge there, I felt my stomach going. I was like, Whoa, oh, wow, that was weird. Yeah. But other than that, for the most part I've been totally fine.
0: Yeah, and see that one I had no problem with. I went all the way through in one sitting and I never ever had any disorientation, etc. So it's that's really odd but yeah i mean right now you're right everybody's that's that's been reporting that so far has been on a playstation 4 pro so it's maybe there is odd. something with the way they implemented the the pro features maybe weird all right uh how the hell did we get on that topic i don't know <laughs> um
2: so psx uh, Josh isn't going. Yep. Boo. Yeah. Boo. Really sucks, man. Uh,
0: yeah. So, Josh isn't going. Uh, Andy is going to be going. Uh, he's driving up from, from Arizona. Uh, I'll be out there Friday. Uh, I do have an appointment until nine o'clock that night. So, on Friday. Uh, so. We were talking about getting together to do a community meetup. I would still like to do that. Uh, I found what seems like a really cool bar not too far south from uh, the convention center called, uh, I believe it's called The Cave. I should have pulled this crap up. Yeah, so uh, it's a place just south of uh, the convention center on, it's 628 West Orangewood Avenue. It's called The Cave Sports Bar. It's pretty new apparently, Uh, but very good ratings on Google, very good ratings on Yelp, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it looks like it's a big place, and it looks like it's pretty affordable, which is really nice because I don't know if anybody realizes it, but holy crap, that convention center is literally next door to Disneyland. And <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize when you and I went to that Angels game years ago how close we were to Disneyland because this convention center right. is is just like maybe a mile west of where we were for the game. Huh. Yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that. Uh, so if anybody wants to meet up, we're going to start at around 9 o'clock at the Cave Sports Bar. Uh, look it up. They, I don't think they actually have a website, but you can find it on Yelp. They have, they're on Facebook as well. Uh, like I said, it's 628 West Orangewood Avenue in Anaheim. Uh, come out, hang out. Uh, trying to talk as many people into coming out as possible. Uh, get a few drinks, hang out, talk. Uh, we had a good turnout last year in San Francisco. It would be, be great if we had even more people this time. Uh I mean, you know, I need I need people to to spend some time with. Josh isn't going to be around to cuddle with. Yep. So, you know, I need a support system here. Uh but it's I guess I'll bring up a couple of the rumors so far. Uh one of the rumors is that we're going to see Marvel versus Capcom 4 announced and probably see some gameplay. Uh it's funny because it's a rarity, but Capcom actually a few days ago uh flat out denied it cuz normally when you see stuff like that they're like we cannot confirm or deny we don't we don't comment on rumors but they just flat out denied it and usually that means it ain't happening but uh it sounds like more and more uh news is kind of hitting that yeah it's going to happen uh i know of at least one game that they're going to say is is available right now uh the reason i know that is cuz i have the cam uh and and uh i can't say anything else about that but uh I know they're going to have Grand Trails Most Sport there. It's going to be playable at the show, uh, which is really exciting. I'm just anticipating that like you wouldn't believe. Uh, very much in a, in a racing mode right now. So uh, definitely jonesing in for that game. Uh, what was the other one? Somebody else said that we're probably going to see, see it get announced. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, another rumor is that this new one from Bandai Namco is going to hit. It's called Impact Winter. Uh, it's already announced for PC, but it sounds like we're going to see an announcement for PS4. What I'm really hoping for, and I have a feeling Josh is hoping for, is Geo Corsi up on stage to maybe announce another one of the old LucasArts games coming. That'd be cool. Because we know Full Throttle's in the works, so hopefully we'll get a release date on that. But I'm really hoping for maybe Sam Max Hit the Road, maybe Indiana Jones Fate of Atlantis? Maybe even Loom. I'd be all right with Loom. Loom is a beautiful game. Awesome soundtrack. If they
2: do the CD soundtrack, um, yeah, it'd be great. My God, that'd be awesome.
0: Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think what else I've heard. I really haven't heard too much about PSX. They've been really quiet. Oh, uh, uh, Kojima's going to be there doing a uh, a panel on Saturday for what is it? Death Stranding. So I was joking on Twitter before that it's just going to be an hour of uh, interpretive dance. (laughs) They give everybody a hit of ass and and they just do interpretive dance on the the stage. I think that should work out well. (laughs) (laughs) With with Kojima standing in the middle with, uh, you know, one of the little batons like he's a conductor, just moving all the people around. (laughs) Hmm. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So really don't know much, more much more about it. There are a few unannounced games we're going to be seeing. Apparently, uh, we've got appointments for unannounced game three, that sort of thing. Um, uh, I have a feeling we're going to see Sparrow, Sparrow racing season two for destiny. I have a feeling they're going to announce that since obviously that's what happened last year at PSX was Sparrow racing. Uh, and it has not been out since. So we're pretty confident that's going to happen. And most likely it's going to be playable on the floor. Uh, Yippee. I'm not a big fan of Sparrow Racing, so. <laughs> um, and then announced today, they finally put the trailer out for Lego World, I think it's called. So it sounds like that'll probably be a PSX. Uh, so people can check that out. It looks, man, it looks beautiful.
1: It's that's I saw that at E3 last year, and they were like, do you want to come check it out? I'm like, but it's PC only. They're like, yeah. Uh,
0: oh, so you did, um, did you actually see it, see it, though?
1: Yeah, no, they had it out on the floor. That was oh. a big part of the WB booth. Last well, I remember they had that big table E3. out
0: with all the Legos.
1: Yeah, but right next to that, there were like 12 setups with Lego oh. Worlds going on, but it was PC only. I stood and I looked at it and thought, man, that's really awesome. It's basically Minecraft with right. Legos. Right. Like proper Minecraft with Legos. Um, but it's literally you, you're... Big sandbox and you build whatever you want with Legos. Build a whole world, do everything, anything, just craziness. And I thought that's amazing. And that would really, really be cool if they could bring that to consoles. And now they're going to do it. It's pretty awesome.
0: Trailer hit today and uh, it's exciting for a lot of people I know. Yep. So I'm trying to think of what else I can talk about. I'm just looking at the list right now. I'm excited Nidhog 2 is going to be there playable, apparently. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it sounds like uh, we're going to be able to see an update on uh, Raise the Dead, which has been around for quite a while. It'll be, it'll be nice to finally see some some movement on that one. Uh ukulele, I guess, is going to be on the floor. So I don't know if that... I don't, was that playable at E3? Did they even have it at E3? Uh, so that's the kind of the spiritual successor to some of the rare three D platformers. Um but apparently it's gonna be playable. I haven't it hasn't been confirmed, but that's what I'm hearing. But I'm excited. I, I really like uh that they're doing it at Anaheim. I, I think that I, I, you know, I'm it's not a secret. I'm not a fan of San Francisco to begin with. Um I just I think Anaheim's a pretty cool location. Um obviously it's next to Disney so it might be busy and all that, but um I don't know i just i I like that it's out there, even though it's so friggin far away from the airport uh but yeah i am I'm, I'm excited i we know that a lot of people are going, a lot of people have been telling us that they're heading out there and uh again, if you see me, say
2: hi, please, don't be shy. don't be shy <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it sucks I wish you were going, man, yeah, yeah. All right. Emails. Yeah. Okay.
0: Right.
1: Uh, tr- tr-
2: tr-
0: this might be the email? shortest podcast we've done in about three years. All
1: right. Perfect. Uh, email number one is from Brian Tan. All right. And he says, hey, guys, congratulations on episode 500 and beyond.
0: Uh, huh, huh.
1: I just got No Man's Sky on Black Friday for 20 bucks. especially yeah. after hearing the news of the Foundation update. Have you guys or the other writers played it more after mentioning <laughs> it? On Well, we just talked about that.
0: Although a lot of the writers are actually <laughs> playing it a lot more. Ray was planning on just playing it for like an hour, and I guess he got immersed for a whole night.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the writers have all been really talking about it quite a bit on chat. And- A lot of them are are totally back in again.
1: And he says, I wonder if it's viable to add a VR component to it as well. (laughs) What do you guys think? That would be amazing.
0: Well, that was one of the rumors, is that at some point it's going to be PSVR compatible. I have a feeling, though, that because of all the stuff they're doing, it's probably going to be longer than we think. uh, Because there is a plan also to patch it at some point for the PlayStation 4 Pro. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if that would come at the same time or if that'd be something different. But yeah, that in VR,
1: oh, my God. <laughs> I would never leave that game. <laughs> no.
0: Just just flying alone in VR and having the star field going by when you're in, in that warp and, oh, my God, when you well, get your pulse then, engines going.
1: And then coming in and landing and walking around on a planet's surface. Holy and shit. <laughs> Dude, I <laughs> would never crap. leave that game.
0: <laughs> yeah, that... Uh, no, my luck I, that that'd be the second game I get motion sick with. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That was the rumor though for a long time. It was never like officially uh confirmed by anybody, but that was kind of the buzz around with a lot of people was that, you know, they're going they're going to add VR for it,
2: you know, and, and have it
0: work. Did you see um the expected sales numbers for this year for all the VR stuff? No. Uh it came down today. It's going to be officially announced uh, end of or like in a, in a few days, basically. But uh, expected sales numbers. This is from SuperData. It's called. Uh, this is worldwide numbers, sell through units by device. Uh, the Google Daydream, which just came out, two hundred sixty-one thousand. The uh, Oculus Rift, three hundred fifty-three thousand units. The Vive, four hundred
1: twenty
0: thousand units. Five. What's that? Vive, five. Vive, whatever. I'm going to say Vive. It's Vive. No. I don't care.
1: I don't care. I actually heard I heard it directly from one of the people who runs the damn thing. He said yeah. it's Vive as in revive.
0: Yeah, well, I'm just going to call it Vive to piss everybody off. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that's 420,000 units. So it's actually outselling the Rift, which is pretty surprising. Uh, and then PlayStation VR, 745,000. Hmm. And then the Gear VR from Samsung, 2.3 million. But remember that those came free with all the Galaxy S7s. Uh, but I have, a, I have a Gear VR, so uh, it, it's a nice little entry device. But that's cool. I mean, it, it, it's it's pretty surprising, honestly, that what a lot of people were thinking, that, you know, lower cost ventry, uh you saw a lot of gadget blogs before it came out saying, oh yeah, but it's not going to be able to do all the cool stuff that the Oculus and the, and the Vive do um, in terms of resolution and everything, but uh, once it came out, a lot of those same gadget blogs re- were very favorable about the PlayStation VR. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's almost the amount of numbers that the Vive and the Rift did combined. So, not too bad, not too shabby. And honestly, why you should get excited about that, if you if you bought a PSVR, why you should get excited is that this should help with getting more developers to make more content. Yeah. And hopefully better content. And that's you the know, key for stuff. Yeah.
1: It sells. That thing didn't sell. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it sells. But, and, and Sony has said, but you know, we know how Sony has been with hardware mm-hmm. in the past and, and things, but they've said they expect this to be a slow burn and they expect to be in it for the long haul. Yeah. So they're going in with those expectations. Where they probably did not go in, well, they clearly didn't go in with those expectations for Wonder Book.
2: Probably didn't
1: go into those expectations with Move. Um, But here, I mean, the move is back. It's still, you know, it's still viable. It still works just as well as it did. And now it's back. Don't call it a comeback. So. All right, so let me finish up this email uh, directed okay. to me. Will Josh? Will you be getting or reviewing the new Lego Dimensions? Uh, probably not.
0: That's Warner. <laughs> I. That's not really up to us.
1: Um, no, I I'll think see. he's he's asking if I'm just going to get it on my own and oh, review it.
0: Is it? It's just a. It's just a copy of the game, right? Though it's not. It's not like a whole new no. kit or anything, is it?
1: No, it's it, what it is. So it's kind of what Sean was saying when he was all gaga over the first one was that um, it's the first game is it. It's a platform that they're building on. Right. And it's it's what Disney would have likely done if they had continued on that 3.0. They were happy with where they had gotten the product at that point and they were just going to build on that with expansion packs and things like that. Um, Lego dimensions is the game. It's, it's the game you bought last year. And now they're just adding, they're just bringing out new, uh, fun packs, level packs, uh, story packs. That's their way around it. So you get a $50 story pack and you build a whole new thing for, for your portal and you get like a full, like for the ghostbusters one, you play the full ghostbusters movie. Okay. The 2016 Ghostbusters movie. So when
0: when he says the next Lego Dimensions, what's he really talking about then?
1: The new Lego Dimensions. I think he means like all of all or any of that content. Oh. Okay. Um, because Fantastic Beasts is another story pack. Fifty bucks. You build a new portal thing, and you have you play the movie.
2: Well,
0: I mean, um, Warner's going to be a PSX. Maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll start bugging them.
2: Yeah. But again,
0: and and just so that people understand, like they barely sent any of that stuff out for review. I don't. I actually don't even think they sent it out for review because I know the Jeff Gerstman was even complaining originally that uh, Giant Bomb didn't get LEGO Dimensions for review at all.
1: That was the original one, yeah. yeah. And for the second one, I don't think they're sending anything to anybody because there's no game to send anybody. They would just be sending the packs, right? Right. Essentially, um, I know. That I'm getting at least a couple of them for Christmas, <laughs> because they were they were like forty percent off, and they were buy one get one half off or something. They were there were all these deals over the last couple of days, and like at Toys R Us all this week, everything is forty percent off.
0: Yeah, yeah. In
1: Lego Dimensions, so there was a
0: shitload of Disney Infinity stuff, and I almost bought some. Oh, of them. I'm like, what am I doing? I'll never yeah. play this.
1: I was telling, because my friend Rob, he's he called me up uh, a couple days ago, said they're getting a PS4 for his son for Christmas. Oh, nice. Um, and he's trying to figure out, he's like, but I can't use my old controllers. I'm like, no. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, and it only comes with one. I'm like, yeah. He's like, fuck. So he's <laughs> he's just not happy about you know all the cost involved with it and everything. But I was telling him, I said, I'll put together a list for you of like, because it's been out long enough at this point that there are a lot of games. A lot of the early games aren't dirt cheap now. Yeah. And you can get some really good games for a very low price.
0: Oh yeah. There were some so, awesome games that were like 10 bucks this last week.
1: Yeah. So I told him I'd, I'd put together a list and everything, but, um, uh, I forget where I was going with all that. Oh yeah. I told him, uh, the Disney infinity. I said, if if you're, If you're even remotely interested in any of that stuff, now's the time to do it. Because like at Toys R Us and all them, they were doing buy one, get three free. Oh my God. And one, and they had already slashed the price on, on the one. So you were buying one for like four bucks and then getting three more for free. So you were getting each, you were getting them for a dollar each, essentially. Wow. I mean, the, yeah, right now everybody's just trying to clear that product out and yep. just get rid of it entirely. Yep. So, if if you're even remotely interested in any way shape or form, now is the time to do it. You can get all this stuff. You can get starter packs for like 10 bucks at a lot of places, wow. which is the game and a couple characters and the portal and all that. It's it's crazy. So, so
0: as an aside really quick, Rock's yep. playing uh, Rocket League right now. Mm-hmm. On the other team is a guy that has the name Philip J Fry, fucker. <laughs> but it's Philip J. Period Fry, and I think he's a PC player because you can change Jeez. your name on PC. Sorry, I just saw that and I was like, wait, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 Number one, Josh playing a multiplayer game. There's no way.
1: No I'm multitasking right now. I yeah, have no idea.
0: Oh, that was weird. I mean, it it made me freeze for a couple seconds. Like, wait a second. Anyway, uh, um, yeah, I so- I, uh, I was looking at that stuff on Black Friday and. I've seen a few of those. Um, I just saw a, a BOGO, like buy one, get one free, not not buy one, get three free. Yeah. And for a minute, I, I went and looked at it, and I'm like, eh, that, I mean, the figures are really cool. But then I'm like, where, where would I put all this crap? And then I'm like, nah, I'm not going to buy it. Because yeah. I would never play it.
1: Well, my cousin, she was over like two weeks ago, or whatever, and we were talking about it. And she's like, I want... She's like, I want uh, a kylo ren and i want ah uh, yeah uh, you know a poe dameron i was like well get them now because yeah
0: no shit You're once not gonna
1: they're get gone them. they're gone yep <laughs> but right now yeah they're everybody's trying to clear out stock so they're really selling them at crazy low prices
0: that's ridiculous
1: i mean don't buy any of them for over like eight bucks I mean, eight bucks is the highest I would go on any single figure at this yeah. point. Yeah. You should be able to get them all for five bucks or less Jeez. easily. It's crazy. Um, and uh, uh, Brian's PSN ID is Dr. Zeiss, D R Z E I S S. I
0: thought when I saw it originally, I thought it was Dr. Zeiss. <laughs> Dr. Zeiss, Dr. Zeiss.
1: Well, maybe Zayas. it was, and he misspelled it. That could be. Maybe he's sitting at home like, wait, that's not how you... Oh, fuck.
0: Oh, I thought it was Dr.
1: Sass.
0: That'd be awesome if that was the case. (laughs) Please, Brian, send us an email and tell us if we were right or not. Son of a bitch. Because that would be amazing. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, man. This is going to be a tough one. All right. Next email. This is from Kyle Bell, and he says, hey, Josh and Glenn, just wanted to congratulate you all on 500 entertaining episodes I wouldn't say all 500 were entertaining. Maybe mm-hmm. 150. Maybe. Uh, episodes of PS Nation. I've been listening since 2012 and haven't missed an episode since I started. You poor, sad individual. Uh, I had just started listening to podcasts. and wanted to listen to one that was talking about E3, and I happened to find this on Stitcher. Josh was out the first episode or two I listened to due to Mason being born. Oh, that's <laughs> the year. You, yeah, that's the year that uh, 2012, Chris yeah. Custis and I went. Yeah. Um,. That was an interesting E3. (laughs) I tried several gaming podcasts, but this one was the only one that continued to entertain me. So this is the only one that stuck. Aw. Anyway, thought I'd ask a couple of questions of you two in honor of 500 episodes. I don't think anyone has asked these particular questions. Oh, you'd be surprised. Hmm. Uh, Number one, what are you all's favorite memories of each other from the podcast? Oh, God. Um... So, Glenn, That's what's your tough. favorite memory of Josh? And, Josh, what's your favorite memory of Glenn?
1: Uh, I can. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, just because it's funny, is the E3 podcast where we were all sitting around and uh, we're all talking in the shoes. Yeah. Which the I shoes still. Was
0: funny. Uh, the funny thing <laughs> is, I don't think I've ever heard it because I don't edit the E3 podcasts. Yeah. I just slap them together and throw them up because it's like three in the morning when I finally get it done. So, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard it.
1: That I enjoyed. That was really funny. That's the first thing that comes to mind. I can't really think of anything <laughs> off the top of my head.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, there's a great E3 one of Josh even from the year after that when he fell asleep and he started snoring on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And we were all in the room because that was I think that was the first year that all four of us were there. Or it was the, the four other writers and you and I. And everybody's just looking at you, laughing, and we're all taking pictures and putting it up. And then it became a thing almost every time now, where one of us will eventually fall asleep doing the doing the recording, because you was, know you're. Well, you're six people in that room, and one person's talking about the stuff they saw, and the other five are sitting around. You know, it's just kind of a byproduct.
1: Yeah, I was also horribly ill because that woman on the plane on the way out. Yeah,
0: I was just coughing on you the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um I mean, one of the things that always cracks me up and we have it in our Slack channel, which is is even funnier is when uh, Josh got all creeper behind Greg Miller. Yeah. Uh when they were they were recording something for like GameSpot or something and
1: but that wasn't uh, that's off-frame grab. I was walking no, back there. And I that's looked the funny part and about I it. walked past it and they yeah. took it as a frame grab and yeah, they've turned it into that.
0: It's Well, it's not that it turned anything. It just looked funny because you look like a total creeper. Like, what's going on over here, guys? Yeah, I'm stalking you. Uh, I think some of the funniest stuff was the Joel and the Stick stuff. Um, you know, we talked yeah. about that a few times, even in episode 500. But uh, not just um, at the Nintendo thing, but uh, like uh, the woman dressed up like Catwoman <laughs> when uh, we were at the Sony Online Entertainment booth for uh, DC Online. And, uh, she was like taking these pictures and like kissing it and stuff. And, um, those were always funny. Um, gosh, I don't know. We hate each other. So yeah, it's not like, you know, we have to fake our laughter. It's true. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, I think one of the funnier things also was you last year for extra life I'm just going to play Until Dawn a little bit. (laughs) And you played it for at least 12 hours. Yeah. All the way through, and then you stayed up extra to get that platinum, which was just insane.
1: But And then this year where you you were supposed to be playing Uncharted 4 multiplayer and it wasn't it working work. yeah. and I was like I don't know what to do well I'll start I'll just play a little bit of Uncharted <laughs> the original Uncharted the while you're it's... doing multiplayer yeah and I ended up playing through the whole thing yeah <laughs> which was great cuz it killed like 7 hours it was Something awesome like that, yeah.
0: <laughs> and then uh well and that, that other time when it was like the first time you appeared on Comic Book Man Oh yeah, and it, we were there for Extra Life, and, and I think you brought it up at some point, and then I was that like,
1: episode I, aired yeah. that night, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which and was I, crazy.
0: And I woke up, and somebody tweeted about it, like, "Hey, I just saw Josh." So I went to AMC's website, and they were streaming the episode, and I went and took a screen grab, and I put it up before you you were even awake. Like you were still asleep, and I put it up. Yeah, I'm like, hey, look who's in comic book man, and it was it was the you were like had this big shitting grin on your face. Yeah. Because that was the nerd wedding, right? The Fantastic it was the wedding? wedding?
1: Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was the wedding of Mike and Ming, <laughs> which Yeah, was yeah. awesome. But that was, yeah, it was funny because I was talking about it. I was like, I don't know when it's going to air or what's going on, but yeah. I was there and I don't even know how much I'm in and <laughs> then it was on that night.
0: <laughs> and you were in like a few yeah. shots. It wasn't yeah. like just a little flash in the pan.
1: Dead on clear. Standing, oh, yeah. not not like the Elvira one where blink and you miss me. Literally, <laughs> I I saw it and I was like, wait, was that? And I had to rewind and and go back and pause it. I'm like, holy shit, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> like literally, just boom in and out, gone.
0: <laughs> well, and, and another one with Joel and a stick was um, that's when Sony was back doing the uh, their E3 press conference at the Old Shriners uh, or all the the Shrine Theater. Yeah, and g4 had that little stage set up out in the (laughs) lobby and um oh who was the hardware vp back then uh peter dilly i think
1: yeah yeah it was and because i was watching that recently yeah i (laughs) (laughs) you kept walking by with joel and a stick we're standing there we're standing there we're looking at it and i'm like you know what i i they're live right now, aren't yeah. they?
0: Yeah, and it was live. really low to the ground. Like it, w- yeah. it was a riser, but it wasn't very high up.
1: And and I'm standing there, and I'm like, oh shit, I can get Joel on a stick. And I reached down and I pulled it out of the bag, and I just kind of casually held it up next to my face. Oh, and I and just there stood for there while. for a little bit. Yeah, I just stood there for a little bit, like do 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 And and actually, that year, that's uh, Joel on a stick was like in every camera shot I could get him on. It yeah. was crazy.
0: That's when you got. That's when I was doing the interview with Jeff before the press conference, and you did it, and they cut me that off. Was,
1: yeah, that was the second year. Yeah. <laughs> but even that, like, I, 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 try to be all cool about it. I just walked behind you guys, like, yeah. and and just kind of was holding it as I walked behind you guys, like, I, I don't know you guys. I don't know nothing. I'm just walking back here like anybody.
0: Never even saw it in the video. They cut and it for you, yeah. In frame. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Josh.
1: That was funny. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. That, uh, you know, it, it was stuff like that. That was always the most fun because it was just, it was silly and you didn't see anybody else doing anything like it. And, you know, sometimes you go to E3 especially and you see people doing like that one dude where he had a virtual voice strapped to his head and he was walking around. I'm like, you're an idiot because you can't see anything. And he was acting like he was in VR, you know And he had? And that actually, that might be the year you didn't go. I think that was when Chris and I were there. And he literally strapped a a Virtual Boy to his head. Jeez. And he was walking around, and he literally was just bumping into everything, like just being a menace. And then there was another guy, which I think you were there that year, but I don't know if you saw him. But he was doing, he had a little pop-up tent. And he actually brought the tent into E3, and he would set it up, and he would try to get somebody to go in the tent with him and do an interview. And nobody would do it. Like, everybody was like, no, that's creepy. And I think, who was it, Jaffe, I think, did it? Out of everybody that you know, Jaffe was the last person I ever thought that would do something like that. And he literally got in the tent and, like, did this interview with the guy. And I'm just standing there shaking my head laughing. Because, I mean, all right, you're trying something new, I get it. But at a certain point, you might want to stop because you're just creeping people out. But people on the internet don't care. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean... I, don't, I can't really think of anything like specifically. It's just been so much. You know? Yeah. I mean, I always laugh when you nerd out about something, when you get so hyped about something after you play it. Uh, especially when it's a game that... That's what always cracks me up about you, is, is it's a game that you don't even want to play. Yeah. At, like an event, and then you play it, and you're like, this fucking game's amazing! <laughs> um, I mean, that was PSX in Vegas well, until because- dawn. You didn't even want to do it. You don't want to touch it.
1: Yeah, I, but that's the thing. It's because I don't, I I know it's dumb because we do this podcast, but I avoid trailers. <laughs> I don't watch the trailers of any of these games. So I walk in, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I've heard something about it. And with that, I was like, eh, yeah, yeah, and then I played it and I was like, shit.
0: And I was kind of that way with when Vikings attack. I just, I saw it and I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like this or not. And then I played it and I just fell in love with it. And then, of course, it didn't do very well. Yeah. Um, which, for whatever reason, because it was a really good game. Um, but yeah, it's it's, the, it's those kind of situations where, and it's not just Josh, but it, it, I think it happens with you more just because you always seem to, it, it's always the game that you don't seem to have any interest at all is the one that you end up falling in love with Yeah, when you finally play it. Whereas me, I'm like, eh, you know, I don't know if... And then I'll play it. I'm like, it's a really neat game, but it's not my type. I like watching somebody play it, and you know, I don't get that into it most of the time. But there have been those situations where... Like Mafia 3, I've... At E3, I was blown away by what they showed us for Mafia 3. I still don't own the game, because now I've heard so many things about it from you and Emra and, and some other people that so repetitive and everything and I'm like well maybe I'll buy it when it's like 15 bucks or something because I still do want to play it I think it's a cool premise and I think it's a an interesting story but uh yeah it sucks for what's going on with it yeah but I mean that happens there's there's times that <laughs> well obviously Alien Colonial Marines <laughs> <laughs> I mean I loved it too I was playing the multiplayer and I thought that was awesome I was like this is yeah, awesome it was came on it was shit you know, and, and those situations, you know, we'll take flack for it like everybody else takes flack for it, but, uh, like Drive Club, I think, you know, Drive Club is the one that I probably took the most flack for, mm. but you know, when, when you're in that pre-release mode, when you're at an event and they're showing you a very specific thing, it, it usually doesn't get as bad as Alien Colonial Marines, you know, it doesn't get as bad as they're showing you something that's not even going to be in the game, you know, Yeah. uh, I played the multiplayer and I was having a blast with it, but oh man, drive club. What a, what a, what a mess that was when it launched. All right. Uh, second question, which review that you have written is your favorite best written, most entertaining or whatever, Mm -hmm. or if it's, or if it's one someone else had written, what is it?
1: I can answer that right off the bat. Uh, The one I was most proud of at the time, and I still, I think it's one of my best written reviews I ever did, uh, was Journey. Mm. Because I spent so much time agonizing over that, trying to figure out how to explain this game without giving anything away. Yeah. at all. And I wrote and wrote and wrote and I I was I just love the way that turned out. I I wrote this really big, long, in-depth review that gives you no hint at all as to wh- how the story goes or or what happens in the game. Yeah. Um but I feel it's really informative as it is so yeah. that that one I was very, very proud of, same thing with actually the last of us, um and especially when I brought that forward to uh the p s four uh for the updated version of it um because with that I was like I was like, well, that includes the the d. l. c you know on the disk." So, you know, I'll just put the two together and I'll add like a, you know, a little bit about the visuals and everything and I'll be done. And I ended up almost doubling the size of the review because I had so much to write in that. And and that's the same one where I don't spoil any single thing about that game anywhere. And it's a huge review. Oh, yeah. And and I was really proud of that one, too.
0: Because it's a huge game. It is. I mean... You talking about it so much and a couple other people talking about it so much, that's when I, because I knew I wasn't going to be able to play it. I, I I think I played it before I sent it to you or something. And it's just not my style of game at all, you know, And, and although I do love the multiplayer. But um, I was so, like, interested in it after hearing about it from you and, and a couple other people that I, I, somebody did a playthrough on YouTube, an entire playthrough. It was, like, 12 hours of video. And I literally went and watched it all in one night. I stayed up all night watching it, and then I had to work the next day. <laughs> um, yeah, those are always tough when you have to try to not give away any story stuff. Yeah. Um, I was really proud about Gran Turismo 6 review. Uh, it, it's a funny story, too, because Sony actually sent... This is the only time I've ever had my hands on one. They sent a, a PS3 Super Slim to me. With the game preloaded on it, but they had unlocked all the stuff, so that you didn't have to work through your whole career to you know unlock cars, unlock everything else. And I get an email from the producer that day, and, and he's like, "Oh yeah, we we put a lot of work into that. You wouldn't believe how how tough that is to do. We can't just put a save file on. We actually had to do a bunch of of coding and everything. Well, it showed up, and it didn't work." <laughs> So they had my hopes up. They're like, oh yeah, all the stuff's unlocked. You can just drive all the supercars and everything. None of it worked. So, um, you know, I installed it on my, on my PS3 and I'm playing it and playing it. But one of the things about Gran Turismo 6 was that they kind of built the foundation for, uh, Gran Turismo Sport now, what we know it for, uh, in terms of how their tire modeling is and how their, um, suspension is done and, and some of the other physics. And, they did this thing called adaptive tessellation. I'll never forget that, that term. Adaptive tessellation in, in the graphics engine. And I went through a bunch of um, research on my own to understand what that technology was. And I explained it in the review. And I did all I could to explain like what all this fancy schmancy tech, tech talk actually was. And I just pulled it up and holy shit, this is a book. Like, this this review is the biggest one I've written, I'm sure. Between this and an MLB review, this has got to be bigger. It, oh, my God. I wrote all this? Holy shit. And that's the funny thing. I don't like writing reviews. I, I just don't like writing, and that's why I do a podcast. Um, but I, I was really proud of that one because I put a ton of time, and I put a ton of work in. And actually... I normally don't do this, but I I know one of the producers really well. He's a great friend of mine. He's just become a friend over the years. And I sent him the text from a couple of the spots, like especially the technical stuff. And I said, can you just let me know if I have this stuff right or where I'm wrong? You know, because I want to make sure I'm explaining this correctly. And he read it over and he sent it back. He goes, nope, you got it. And that was a really proud moment for me because of all the research I put in. Uh, because I'm not like a, a graphics guy or you know whatever, and and you know I can understand technical stuff, but you know it was kind of a new area for me, so I was really I was really proud of that one. Uh, and also, I'm, I'm you know I, I really like what I do with the MLB series. I put a lot of time and effort into those as well. Uh, MLB the shows. Um, but I'm one thing I'm I've always been proud of, not just review wise, but one thing I've been proud of just throughout our life cycle is. Our seemingly uh, unique gift of finding some some diamonds in the rough. Uh, Mark and I finding Shatter on a tiny little screen in the art gallery between the two convention halls. Um, you know, us finding super super oh, supersonic acrobatic po- rocket-powered battle cars, which. Mm-hmm. You know, ends up being Rocket League, which, you know, we were on Rocket League for a while. I, I, well, primarily me. Josh doesn't really play it that much, but, um, and how well that turned out, you know, and, and uh, Josh finding games. Oh, that's another one. counter Spy. Mm,
1: you were yeah. so uninterested in counter Spy. No, I wasn't. A, I, I was tired. Oh. I was exhausted and I looked at it and I was like, eh, eh I don't really want to. <laughs> but that to, was the thing, uh, that
0: face you gave me. I'm like, oh, yeah. here we go.
1: And then yeah, I freaking love that game. <laughs>
0: yeah. But I mean it it's it's those situations where I think, you know, not just not just me and you, but Mark and I were were kind of the, the same way to a certain extent. He only went to one E three, but I, I, I've always felt like you and I and even like Andy and, and Emra and, and Dave and, and uh MJC we've we've always had a really good knack at finding those smaller games that end up being just super awesome and becoming decently successful as well. You know, Octodad and, and uh, uh, like I said, Shatter was the big one for me. I really wish they would redo that for the PS4. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that always stuck out for me. And, and, you know, I mean, we've befriended a lot of indie developers and a lot of indie shops. And I know a lot of people have kind of just a bad opinion of indie games, but you know, there's some of your favorite games out there. I know one person in particular that always decries indie games. Well, guess what? Your favorite game rocket league is an indie game. So there are some fantastic titles that only a few people work on sometimes and and you'd be surprised.
1: So yeah, (laughs) what I just, I pulled up the, the last of us, the PS3, Uh, review. Oh, that's a book. And the remastered review. Yeah. The PS3 review, the word count is 1816. Yeah. The remastered review on the PS4, the word count is 3600.
0: I remember that happening. (laughs) Because you rewrote the whole thing. I'm like, why are you rewriting it? It's
1: the same game. I know. I just, I had to. Because I was just, I literally, I was just gonna copy, paste, and just you know, okay, the visuals are a little bit better and blah, 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 and I'm done. But then I started writing and I start, well, I have to explain this. No, oh, I have to talk about this. and all oh, I have to... And I ended up yep, just about rewriting and I doubled the size Jeez. of it for fuck's sake.
0: Man. Oh my
1: gosh. That's nuts. <laughs> but,
0: you know, that's one thing that I've always... That I've always made uh, kind of a priority is I don't like gaming sites that they just put the writers on a rotation and whatever comes up, you're working on that, you're working on that. Uh, we've always tried to make it a point that, you know, if it's if it's a genre that you're interested in, that's the reviews that we want you to work on because we're not critics. We're gamers that are writing an opinion a piece about it. You know, that's what our reviews are. Yeah. And I think you get a much more accurate portrayal of of how the game is. And sometimes, yeah... You might think that our score is a little high, but at the same time, uh, it might be because you're a fan of the genre, and in your mind, you're willing to give it a little bit more leeway because you're enjoying the core of the game. I know MJC, there's a couple of reviews that he did that he was really enjoying it, and he gave it a little bit higher of a score before he put it up, and he's like, but this is broken, this is broken, this is broken. I'm like, why are you giving it such a high score? Because I'm really having fun with it. I'm like, well, then go with it, you know? Um, And that's not just him. I think it's everybody. Um, I just hate the fact that, you know, we do scores anyway, but we have to, but, uh, yeah. And I like the fact that we're able to review a lot of the hardware too. There's some really cool stuff that we've gotten our hands on that, that, uh, it's fun to be able to let people know about stuff.
2: Yeah. Yep.
0: Is that everything in that email? I'm not looking, I'm looking at my Gran Turismo 6 monster review. Uh, any, any reviews that someone else has written that, uh, stands out? You're going to get that one. I don't read oh. all of them. Um,
1: hmm. you know, some of Keith's re- reviews were a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, the like the first couple, I was like, what the, f- what is going on here? <laughs> and then I started to get into it and then we had the whole, Hey editor, Hey reviewer thing going back and forth. So that was always a lot of fun. Um, I'll tell you though, well, for Chaz, let me say something about Chaz. Oh, uh, Chaz, but- I've told you this in the past and you were good at it and now you've <laughs> gone back to it. So I'm going to call you out right here on the podcast. Dun, dun, dun.
0: <laughs> it's the Josh call out of the week.
1: You get, I, uh, the first, you know, the first section gameplay, it's great. You know, I can go right through it minor editing, if anything, it's it's all great. And then you get to visuals, and the first sentence in visuals, and the first sentence in audio is always a sentence fragment. It's 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 a thought without without a noun, without a, without a subject. Basically, it, it's. Wait a second. Here, hang on. Give me one second. I'm example.
0: Gonna, example incoming.
1: I will get an actual example because I was just editing one today. Okay, here. I still have it up. Let me get to the revisions. You can give me a second. Because <laughs> I can look back at the revisions. Chaz, I love you, man. But <laughs> you're killing me with these.
0: <laughs> Chaz is our workhorse. That guy, like, just... I don't know how he has the time. I don't think he sleeps.
1: Yeah, seriously. And absolutely. It's its great. he He does great work, and, and he does a ton of work. He churns out so many reviews. I love it. It's just, it kills me. Every time I come to it, I'm like, here we go. <laughs> to, okay. Strap so, in, boys. Visuals. Here's the first sentence. Painstakingly gorgeous hand-drawn animations placed on and between lovingly crafted scenes.
0: Wow, and that was for Uno.
1: And I, I, I go, okay, what's the subject there? <laughs> Um, is he
0: just giving you box quotes? Is that all he's doing? He's trying to get
1: box quotes? That's what it sounds like. Then I got to audio. Great music and effects, but most importantly, fully voiced. Like, But that's exactly what it is. I'm like, that's a box quote. That's, that's not a sentence. <laughs> Give me a sentence. So, yeah. But, uh, I mean, I'm just bragging on him because... I mean, he, he does a ton of work and he does a great job with it. They, all of our writers for the most part, they all do, you know, they all do a really good job. Um, If I'm calling out on people, um, MJC use an apostrophe every now and then. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I mean, seriously, he, he speaks with contractions. I've heard him speak. But, yeah,
0: he speaks pretty clearly. We've, we heard him on the podcast last week.
1: But when he writes, he never uses an apostrophe. <laughs>
0: <It's>, <laughs> it is so rare. You know why? I, I guarantee I know why. Because he's used to typing on his phone, and that autocorrects
1: on his phone. Hmm. I guarantee you that's why. Hmm. Yep. And the other thing, just for everybody in general, that they... they they name the game. They put the name of the game in like every other sentence. Oh yeah. And then I have to take that out. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I like about Borderlands is that Borderlands is so cool when you're playing. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, the backgrounds of Borderlands are amazing when you're, when it's you're in Borderlands. It's the most Borderlands
0: that Borderlands can be <laughs> when it's being a Borderlands.
1: <laughs> like, like, holy shit, dude. Did you read this?
0: <laughs> Borderlands 0.5. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. But I just I get a little punchy because I edit all these. So yeah. I mean, and honestly, everybody really we've got good writers. You know, if everybody was a sucky writer, I I wouldn't do this. <laughs> I yeah. just I would quit at this point. Yeah. Um they're all really good. And it's it's fun to read through these things because there's a lot of times where Like, I don't know that I'd have time to read the reviews if I wasn't editing them. Right. Every single review that goes up on the site. So getting to read through these things, I'll see one and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I wonder what this game is about. And I'll read through it. I'm like, fuck, that's really cool. I want this (laughs) game now, you know? So it's actually helped turn me on to a bunch of things that I didn't even know were out there or that I just kind of heard the name and saw a little bit of the trailer. And I was like, meh. And yeah. then I read it, and I'm like, shit, that sounds really good. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I
0: usually skim a lot of our reviews. I just don't have the time to sit down and read, read, read them. Uh, but I also don't just go and look at the score, and that's it. You know, I'll skim through them. But yeah, you obviously have a lot more exposure to those than I do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So. A lot more.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. But
1: but it's cool, because like I said, I, I do get to discover a lot of things. Um You know, which is fun. Uh, I I get to see a lot of things that I didn't even know existed. Um, You know, some of the reviews just take me by surprise, and there's reviews where I'm like, "Oh, okay, it's this game, and it's this person. This is going to be a high score." And then I go through it, I'm like, "Whoa, yeah, whoa, holy shit!"
0: (laughs) Well, and it's it's funny too because. It's kind of that same thing, you know, we, we talked before about you see a game at E3 and you think, yeah, I mean, you're just seeing a small slice. Yeah. You're seeing like 15 minutes of the game or whatever. Uh, But there's there there are games that come out at E3 and I'm like, oh, I you know, I, I can't wait till this finally comes out. And, and then you get it and you're like, wow, what happened? Like, yeah. you see the review and you're like, what the shit? Because I know I played, I really enjoyed, you know, and all of a sudden you find out that, oh, that's the only thing that is, or it completely takes a you know 180 at a certain point. Um, yeah, it, it's also funny. The, the one that cracks me up the most is at PSX last year, I played Stories, the Path of Destinies, and I actually captured video, and they gave me a USB drive of it, and I really enjoyed it. I thought, man, this is a really fun game, and I couldn't remember the goddamn name of it, and I couldn't find the USB drive. I lost it. So this whole time I'm trying to explain to people like, no, no, it's like this cool game and it does this and this and this. And then I just kind of forgot about it. And I think I want to say MJC did the review for it. And I remember finally seeing the review. I'm like, oh, shit, that's the game. <laughs> so I got it. I haven't played it yet, but I, you know, I've got it now. But um, it, was, it was really fun. And then I looked at the review. I'm like, holy shit, he enjoyed it. All right, good. I wasn't totally off
1: track. Uh, so, stories was Ray.
0: Was Ray. Okay. It's yeah. Ray. But I think he scored it pretty high.
1: He gave it a nine point five.
0: Yeah, see, because uh, what I played, I I had a lot of fun. They literally just sat me down in front of it, and let me play, and and uh, I enjoyed the writing quite a bit. And it was easy to understand, and it was beautiful. Uh, and that's one thing I, I really love about PSX because you know, E three is E three, and E three. You know, with all the bullshit we put up with and and all the stuff that happens, it's still an absolute treat to go to e three every year um, Pax is weird for somebody like that gets to go to e three because it's a lot of the same stuff you see at e three but now it's a humongous crowd, and the opportunities to actually sit down and play a game really aren't there. you know you're standing in front of it, you're getting bumped into all the time. It's it's more of a social thing at that point. But PSX has been great because it's never been so crowded that you can't get anything done. You know, the, the, the layout that they have and the amount of people that show up, it's a lot of people, but they have it spread out really well. And that's what's so much fun about it. And they have the panels and they have a lot of the fan. I mean, it, it's, it's for the fans, and that's what I like about it. Um, but that's why I'm excited for this weekend is, you know, we always have some listeners show up and we always are able to see some people that we know and, and it's cool because you get to know these PR people over the years. It's a lot easier to talk to them at an event like PSX and it is three because they're dealing with making sure that this appointment is next and, you know, who's coming and, and what are we doing and who do we have to have here? And PAX is always so packed that you can never find anybody because they're all hiding in the back. <laughs> mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's what's going to be, uh, that's what I've liked about the last two PSXs is that, um, I just thought, it just feels more homey, I guess. It's tough to describe. You know, you're doing everything on the show floor, but it's not wall-to-wall people. So, I'm hoping it's that way this year again. Yeah. but uh, And the end of the email is, uh, congrats again. I hope I hear many more. That's from Kyle. I believe is, I think this is his PSN. Uh, Darkside21. So, friend bomb his ass. Yeah, and poor Kyle. So, I want to bring this up. He won the uh, Warframe statue last year and never got it for Extra Life. And I emailed the PR people, like, hey, you know, he never got this, blah, blah, blah. And, oh, we'll look into it. And then I have a feeling that, like, the next week, it's a new PR person. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I'm still trying to work on that a year later. But that was one of those odd ones where... We, we've we never really had that, uh, except for, I think, one other time that we had a ma- massive turnover and I couldn't get it done. So I feel really bad. Sorry, Kyle. But luckily this year, I think I pretty much have everything on my own. I don't have to worry about anybody else sending stuff.
2: So we shouldn't have to worry about that. Anyway. All right. Are we done? Yeah. Wow. We
0: barely hit two hours. Yeah. Wow. All right, well, uh, so next week, we don't really know what we're going to do for the podcast. Uh, Andy's going to be there. I don't know what his schedule's like, so you know we're obviously going to try to at least record something at, at PSX. Um, luckily, uh, hopefully I can get Andy to talk a little bit about Final Fantasy 15. We were fortunate enough to actually get a copy for review, which I was shocked. We, we, we never know if we're getting something from Squeenix or not, so really appreciative of that. Uh, Andy's been working really hard on that one already. And so I'm I'm hoping maybe on the podcast, you know, this this next podcast come up, we can at least get him to talk about that a little bit. Um, I think Andy's going to take a few of the uh, appointments that I've made. So, you know, we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about out of PSX. Um, and, you know, obviously I'll try to live tweet from the, uh, you know, the, the the keynote like we do every year. And hopefully we'll see some good megatons there. And, yeah, uh, you know, hopefully Josh will have some time and be back home on Monday or something if if we can record that night and get Josh on again for next week. But uh, after that, we'll be back to our normal schedule as usual. But, yeah, uh, PSX, seriously, folks, if you see me, come say hi. Uh, Come out to the Cave, the Cave Sports Bar on Friday night, like I said, about 9 o'clock. I'll get there as soon as I can. Uh, It's only a few blocks from my hotel, so I should be able to get there pretty quickly um but come out you know have a have a couple of beers even if you don't drink come out have a soda have a whatever a water uh come out for some for some chat hang up with uh some of our community for a little while um it'd be great to see everybody so uh until then josh you got anything else before we go nope all right we're out of here uh get out there play some games have a great one we'll
2: see you at psx
1: Mm, review rant by, <laughs> I guess. Call,
0: calling them out like a punk.
1: <laughs> ah, come on, they get complacent. They need that.
0: It's true, it's very true. <laughs> I've been posting news for God's sake.
1: It's you, I've been posting this. They all thought I was sick or something.
0: Yeah, I got a text when you posted that one on Ex- Extra Life Week. Is Josh okay? It's posting news. <sighs>
3: what if I fucking froze like this? <laughs> i do the rest of my set like, so uh, I have some thoughts about... <laughs> God, when I was 25, all I did was just scream, sell out, fucking sell outs, corporate sell out industry bullshit. Meh, meh, meh. I look back on it and realize, oh, I was screaming "sellout." Because nobody wanted to buy what I was selling. That's why I was getting sellout out all the time. I didn't understand what selling out meant. I didn't know what... When people tell you well, I came to the crossroads and I had to make that decision. Like, in my mind, you come to the crossroads and you either choose integrity or you choose to sell out and that's it. It's just once. And then I realized I was completely wrong about that. And I'm going to tell you a story about selling out and... The story's going to start off sounding like a brag, and a lot of you are going to hear it and go, well, fuck you. And then, but rest assured, it turfs out so hard that you guys will end up feeling way better about this, okay? Uh, Recently, I was offered a gig at a casino. I'd never done a casino before. And it was up in Washington State, the Tulalip Resort and Casino. And, uh, yeah, and so... Uh, Not only was it an offer to do a casino, it was the most money I've ever been offered to do anything in my life or career. For one hour of my time, they were not only offering me a profane amount of money, and they weren't offering me an obscene amount of money, they were offering me a sacrilegious amount of money. (laughs) Like... Jesus should have come down and kicked me in the face when I heard the amount. And, and I hate to say this, but when I heard the amount, my lizard brain kicked in and went, "There's the money I want it! <laughs> Off I go to the Tulip Resort and Casino. <laughs> so I get there, and they're so nice to me. They're so nice. The club manager meets me at the door. She's already checked me into my room. I'm all ready to go. Whisk me up there, me and my luggage. I enter a hotel room that was, and I'm not exaggerating, bigger than any house or apartment I have ever lived in in my life. It was five bedrooms, a bath the size of a small pool, gigantic, gigantic. And I'm marveling at it and I'm not paying much attention to her. And I only halfway hear her say, would you be willing to do a VIP meet and greet for our VIP high roller customers? And I'm thinking, they're paying me so much money. They're being so nice to me. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And then she goes, okay, well, I will come and get you at quarter to seven and we'll do it at seven o'clock. And then I said, well, the show is until nine. Maybe do it after the show because I don't want it. And then I said, out. Loud! I don't want to ruin the magic—the magic of a pudgy guy going up and whining about Lord of the Rings. I don't want to—I don't want him to see behind the Freddie Mercury glam exterior that I put on. And again, I'm still staring at this room, and I don't hear the tension in her voice when she said, "You do not want to do this after the show. Do it before the show." trust me. Okay. Come get me at quarter to seven. She leaves. I jerked off in two of the bedrooms. I didn't, I didn't know what else to do. The room was, people, the room was so goddamn big. I was like a terrified orangutan. I just ran around just, at my room now! So then I comes and gets me. I go downstairs in the VIP meet and greet room. There's a green blanket with to green screen, digital pictures behind us, any background that people want. And I'm standing there, and they bring in the 40 VIP high roller customers who happen to be the 40 drunkest human beings I've ever seen. <laughs> ever. Ever. And I was in a frat in college, and I've been to a Russian wedding. That is how drunk these people were beyond. They are, they're, they're nonverbal. They're fucking nonverbal. And they're coming in just, ah, and they kind of nudge them towards me. And they each, somewhere in America, in 40 different houses, there are pictures of me looking like, huh? Eh, and then <laughs> there's someone next to me going, and if those pictures can be reassembled, they form the key of time. So, the whole thing takes 10 minutes, they leave. And I'm standing there thinking, it's fucking 7 o'clock. The show starts in two hours. They're going to drink more. That's why they're leaving. The, The room holds 400 people, so one out of every 10 will be that drunk. And in my mind, like, well, this is going to be a nightmare. It's going to be terrible. She goes, let's go back up to your room. We'll come get you at 10 minutes to 9. She leaves. I jerk off in the bathtub. She comes back. (laughs) We go down. Go backstage. My opener is sitting there. And I said, hey, if you want, I'll go out. I'll introduce you or I'll bring you from offstage with an offstage mic. And he said, oh, I went on. I went on at 8 o'clock. I said, you went on at eight? That sucks. You did an hour? That's a rip-off. He goes, oh, I just did 15 minutes. And I asked, and then what happened? He said, they kicked all the lights on in the room, and they had these portable bars in the back. And they said, next 45 minutes, $2 shots. And everyone got up and ran to the back of the room. And, and he said they were come back to their seats with their arm like this, with like nine shot glasses. <laughs> sitting down and just boom, 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 boom. So it's 400 screaming drunks. But I'm still a professional, and they're paying me a lot of money. And I tell the woman that's running the room, I said, how much will you like to do? Like 50 minutes, an hour? And then she said, it's totally cool if you just do half an hour. I go, well, again, that's not very, for the money you're paying me, I should do the full hour. She goes, please don't do more than 30 minutes. We're, I'm serious. You do not need to do more. That We'll be perfectly happy. Just do 30 minutes. So they announce me. Hang on, because I'm off stage. The announcer gets on. Ladies and gentlemen from the King of Queens, please welcome Patton Oswald. Then, one, I take a step out. The minute I become visible, <laughs> the crowd starts, I wasn't heckled. In the walk up from here to the mic, the crowd starts screaming everything they've ever seen me in just screaming the king of queens all 400 people are shrieking I get to the mic and they're all just yelling and then one guy in on the front is just going king of queens king of queens so then I go yes king of queens so the crowd goes ah! so happy then it dies down for a second, and then someone goes, run go away! And I go, yes. Ah! <laughs> for half an hour, <laughs> for half an hour, I did not tell one joke. <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. I did not tell a joke. Joke. I had my career screamed at me. I agreed with it. Then I said good night. Got a standing ovation. I walked off stage, and I said to myself, "I just paid." For one year of my daughter's college, I did not tell a single joke and I've never made an audience happier. I work hard writing fucking jokes, trying to be original, do new shit. I didn't know that you get, if you get to a certain point in your career, you can just go and get looked at and screamed at and pay that's the fucking crossroads. Because when I got off stage, the lady that ran the club said, We have that was awesome. We have fifteen other casinos. If you want to go out, we'll bring you up every weekend. Yeah. That offer is always there. So, however, whatever you see me doing stand-up from this point on, just know that right behind me is the pulsing door of compromise and success. Always fucking there.